Suarez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, and welcome to Aberg Camp Wonderland. We are a very tanned group of individuals, and Danny. My name is Chris, I am your host, and this is the start of the summer podcast. You know, that time where we sit about and talk about transfer rumours and all that crap. Um, I mean, I'm really selling it here, aren't I, guys? But let's be honest, I'm being on, I'm being truthful. That is what we do in the summer. So, uh, yeah, we are going to be doing a few of these, obviously, to keep you guys entertained, keep your earballs nice and sharp for the summer months. Uh, some of it will be transfer tittle-tattle. We'll have some guests here and there. We'll do a couple of specials. And, of course, we'll do the dun-dun-dun uh, breaking news when we sign 15 players in three hours. So look out for those. I think we're calling them emergency podcasts. But tonight, it's just a standard four blokes have a natter. So I need three blokes to join me to do that. So first up, it is the big man himself. Carl, how are you doing, sir? I am really, really good. I have finally, after five weeks, finished jury service. People, I'm just going to give you a bit of advice. Um, ignore your jury service letters. Because they may catch you on a case that they say is two weeks, last five weeks, you lose the will to live, you want to hang yourself, and fucking annoying. There's a reason why the justice system in this country is a fucking mess, and it's because of people doing jury service. You have to sit with 12, 11 strangers who think they're the judge uh, and think they know the law, and they don't know the law, and you have to educate them. And as you can tell, I am very happy to be free of those 11 other people. Um, so, yes, I'm happy. Good. but the like interacting with your followers, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the, the most important question, though, at the end of the trial, how many of the 115 charges are Manchester City being charged with? Well, um, I'm not saying um, that I didn't find them guilty, but I'm, tomorrow my private jet is taking me to Dubai. It's not linked in any way whatsoever, but yep. it just coincides with the end of the trial and the private jet picking me up um, and taking me to Dubai. Just putting it out there. Uh, just Excellent. another quick question. Carl, are you allowed to leave the country with that um, hanging case over your head from the fashion police about wanting to wear white Crocs? See, the thing is, yeah. Josh, what you have to understand is that I'm a fashion icon. Now, if I wear white Crocs, you're now going to see everyone wearing white crocs so i can't help it if i'm a star icon guru whatever word you want to use that is what i am all right we'll see you in court <laughs> i mean josh follow that because I, I i don't have words style icon carl i mean i i don't have any other words i can't I mean, follow up on that yeah chris to be fair with you it's uh what don't throw stones in glass houses kind of thing with uh style i, I, I haven't been a star since 1994 and I'm very happy to be so because current fashion sucks balls. Let's be honest. It's not good, is it? True. True. It's, it's not, not great. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, enjoying a couple of days on Twitter or not. Um, I think people can decide whether or not I'm having fun. 
Uh, but I've certainly done some more tweets. Uh, You've been on a fishing expedition, haven't you? Oh, and it's great. Um, mm. I'm enjoying it. Um, all the big bass are out now that it's the uh, transfer window. And who knows what's going to happen with whether or not we're paying all in or slightly out of in or add-ons or add-offs. Who knows what's going to happen? And at some well, point, I'd like the chat box to um, really find me a Twitter appropriate still. Um, I need a new profile picture on Twitter um, because oh, sadly, yeah, sadly, sadly I've pull one out. He's gone. He's one of them. Mm. Scumbag, dead to me. Um, although, yeah, he is dead to me. Sorry. My, my vote would be uh, a Brighton player from the 80s in old kit i feel like that's the vibe you need to, oh my good no not that not if you're listening in audio format just thank the lucky stars <laughs> the first picture that just came up on the i think we just there. saw danny's bobby zamora when he uh, put that first one up <laughs> I, I need to know did. from carl did you use the world standard um guide to court as in this or did you try and reverse the trend <laughs> well sadly there was no people of that color uh in my chart and i just want to say if i end up in a barrel in russia or somehow i'm poisoned, or somehow i'm poisoned in my own house please people i have no suicidal thoughts at all and it was not me that did it unless you've been eating salad around josh's <laughs> yes apparently salad is not the way to go I really, I really don't know what what's happened. I don't know where this podcast has suddenly gone. It's like we, we've just, we've like we we are quite famous for going off on a waffle, but we've we we've gone full. I don't know where tonight. We, we, Honestly, if I ever sneeze too heavy, that's it. We, we're not making five hundred. No, no, that's that's facts. That's facts. Uh, Danny is also here, so uh, hello to Danny. Um, hello, we everyone. Don't, we don't want to know about your bowel movements for the last week as the WhatsApp group has been flooded with this afternoon. So thanks for that. Always a pleasure. Oh, don't use the word flood. And uh, yeah, if you're going to decide to stop taking sugar, a hundred, I don't have much, but a hundred percent, just Google Yahoo and ask Jeeves um, sugar withdrawal symptoms. Cause it's not nice. Mm. It makes, you want, makes you quite angry. It makes you, I went to bed at 11 PM. That's how sick I felt and angry. Good God. The world's not turning on its axis. Is that what it is? Well, it could be, could be something like that. But yeah, so uh, I feel I feel perfectly fine today, and all I've had to eat is one tin of tuna. Well, what living the dream, some would say. Um, bit of a little wave to the the chat there. I've uh, got a couple of familiar names there: BX Gunner, Mr. Waffles, Jimmy Loki, Phil Magistan, the Man Rudy, Tony Mills, uh, Englishman in Canada. Loads of people. Hello to you all. Hello, how are you all doing? Oh, um. Right, so let's. Well, how are we going to break this podcast into two? Then, so we're going to we're going to talk a bit of Arsenal first of all, because that's kind of what we do, and then after that, we're just going to have a little bit of general football chit chat. So, those people who, who come just for the Arsenal news, um, you'll have a ten minute podcast. Enjoy that, and then the other hour and twenty five minutes will be talking waffle. But uh, let, let's talk Arsenal first of all. Carl, let me start with you. Uh, which which name should we go for first? We'll, we'll, we'll go for for Declan Rice, as the Americans call him, um, Big Decky. It would appear that it's it's kind of one of those, isn't it? It's like we all pretty much know it's going to happen. Then there was this. Everyone everyone's, apparently. Well, yeah, everyone shot themselves earlier on because uh, Fraudstein tweeted that um, 
that Man City were interested, and we all know he's washed, so don't bother with his tweets. But uh, yeah, there was some suggestion that Man City were taking a look. Uh, I mean, if 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 uh, Calvin Fatty Phillips can't get a game, I don't really see Man City being interested at all. I think that's a load of waffle. Bayern Munich have pretty much said that he's already told them he wants to stay in the UK. Man United are finished clubs; they're irrelevant. It feels like this will get done. But we went in with an 80 million offer and the reports tonight at what half past eight at night on the 15th of June is that Edu has opened the barbecue and, and has raised it to 100 mil in the current market. Are you happy with that? Do you do you feel like it's a good signing? Because it sort of feels like it sort of feels like this has been happening for a few months, doesn't it? Like it feels like Jesus last summer. We all know it's going to happen. It's just when. And now we've all gone a bit like, yeah, you know. <laughs> In the words of John, and not my balls, what is this rush on my balls? Um, <laughs> in the words of John, it's not my money. And I don't care. Listen, if it was my money, would I want to pay 100 mil for Declan Rice? Sadly, that's the market. Because no matter what, what Declan Rice is worth, you've got to add on the English premium. And, and that's the... That's the crux of it, sadly. And that's, if you realise, no English player is worth that value. I mean, they're talking about 100 mil for Harry Kane. And as much good as he is, and I hate to admit it, he is a, a goal scorer. He's going to get you goals. The numbers that Tottenham are spouting about, he's not worth that. He's 30 years old. But anyway, um, I think Declan Rice will happen. Uh, I can't see Man City going for him just because they don't need him. You know, Man City, there's a, I, there's a um, in one of the football groups, I mean, Someone put up a picture of Man City's depth, and it's absolutely scary the depth that Man City have. And then I would we talk about that in the general part of the the podcast. But um, they don't need him, and if, like you said, Calvin Phillips, they've got him as their quote unquote DM. Um, then they've got the best DM in the world in Rodri. So you know, um, Declan Rice is not a box to box. We know what Declan Rice is coming in to do. We know what his game is. So why would Man City want him? I just think that it's, it was probably put out by West Ham to try and stoke up the price for Arsenal and get people talking as well. That's, you know, that's what people do. Um, I think he's a good player and I think he's going to do well for us. I, I see him coming in and I see him playing well. I think what we'll talk about in a minute is who's going to be his midfield partner. Um, I think that's going to be a... a a discussion to to have, but Declan Rice is a good midfielder. He's, you know, what he does for West Ham, he could do for Arsenal and more. And because we've got better players, so you may want a little bit more from him. He, he gets around the pitch. He protects that back four. He's very good at doing that. Um, he's mobile. He gets up and down the pitch. He's... He seems like a good person as well. Um, you don't really hear nothing about. I know it's like back in the day, but you don't really hear nothing. No scandals about him. Not you know drinking excessively, being out on a lash, being especially being in London as well. You, you know, a young guy, lots of money, but he seems settled down now. And I think that's what something that Arteta looks for. You know, if he there's lots of rooms that I, I can't ever, no matter how good someone like Jack Grealish is, I could never see Arteta signing him just because of his lifestyle and. Maybe he shouldn't look at that as a young guy, but I think Arteta doesn't want any scandals with his players, and I think you're not going to get that with Declan Rice. Um, wherever he comes for, whether it be 100 mil, 100 mil plus add-ons, 120 plus add-ons, whatever it is, um, 
he doesn't he doesn't dictate his price tag. So if he comes in and he has a stinker one game or two games, let's not say, oh, 120 mil, can't believe we paid this for him. That's not his fault. A bit like Pepe when Pepe come in, you know. Pepe didn't ask for his price tag to be what it was. He's just come in and he's um, got that price tag over his head, unfortunately. So it's going to be a good signing, I think. I think it's a, I personally think it's a case of when and not if. But unlike these ITKs on Twitter, um, I have no idea when he's coming in. And half of the three quarters of the people on Twitter have no idea either. People, everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to have that exclusive. I was the one that tweeted it first. Like that Arsenal got a bid accepted or whatever it is. People are just doing guesswork. And I didn't realize how rough um, this transfer window is going to be. Um, we've had some bad ones on Twitter, like in the social media age, but this one's going to be something different. Remember the Arsenal horse? Yeah. Um, yeah, it does feel like it's going to be a long summer. It's only the 15th of June and we're already getting waffle all the way through. Um, just before I come to Josh, two things uh, on that. Um, I think, like Melvin was saying there, the only reason Man City could potentially be interested is to stop clubs buying players that they're, you know, just purely to stop them from strengthening their own squads. But I don't even think, I don't even think uh, the bold fraud is is that um, is that uh, yeah. Um, what's the word? Maniacal. Um, as for uh, our good friend Harry up the road, recording our French pod with Jeremy last night, and he did make me chuckle. And I have to quote it: We were talking about Harry Kane potentially going to Real Madrid and the whole Mbappe thing, and uh, Jez said, um, "I feel like." Uh, Mbappe would actually be quite well, would would fit quite quickly with Real Madrid because he's already learning to speak Spanish, whereas Harry Kane still hasn't mastered English, which I found very amusing. Uh, So shout out to Jez for that. Uh, Josh, tell me why, uh, and I'm genuinely not trolling here, um, tell me why you, say I'm, I'm judging, I'm going off the bat and saying you would, but Tell me why you would be more inclined to, to push a Casado deal first. Because I, 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 see, I, I do see what, what other people see. You've obviously seen him a lot more than I have. I, I'm not sure I see... I don't know. Like, is he just the popular one? Because he sort of has that Kante element about him. I know he's very good, but the sort of money that's being talked about and... There's something about his character I'm not sure about. He tried to force the move in January. Then he was talking about Real Madrid. I don't know. Like, tell me I'm wrong. What, what's your views? Why would you um, go with him over Rice? Well, I probably wouldn't. I'd go with both. Um, and if I'd You're pick one, I'd, I'd pick Rice. Um, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. The main one is stature in the midfield. Mm. We are a diminutive side. What do we need is another... And he's five foot, I think he's about five foot eight, to be honest. Um, I think I mentioned it before. I've met him a couple of times. So I roughly work out how tall he is. He's, he's a slight guy. He, I mean, he's 19 as well. That probably doesn't help. Um, but I think at the moment, what you're seeing is a guy that, and we've seen it at Arsenal, and I've mentioned it about, a lot of the Arsenal players, he's got an agent who now suddenly, because his original agent who dealt with Arsenal, with, uh, no, dealt with Brighton, was his parents. Yeah, it was his parents and the club he was at at the time just helped facilitate the whole thing. 
and it was the right move for his career. Now he's with a big agency, uh, and I think they're the big. He's the biggest um, asset basically on their portfolio, and that's what pushed the move in January. Was hey, we've got this brand new asset, and he's at a selling club. There's no bones about it. We know Brighton are there to churn players. It's part of the model. And obviously they didn't get exactly what they wanted. They got probably a bit of an agent's fee when he signed that new contract. But there's one thing about Caicedo's game that I think will come, not unravelling, but when he gets to that big six side, and that is the way he goes into tackles. Mm. It's one of those that you can kind of get away with it in certain respects. Depends on which... um, club badge i think you're wearing at the time probably comes into it but in the general sense if you're a you've got more eyes on you more people are going to take notice about the way you go into tackles and there's somewhere i go in and i think he's going to break the player's leg and he comes out with it the ball but you know at some point one referee is going to say hang on less of that and completely kill his game at some point and i do see there is again i think he is worth the money that Tony Bloom is asking for. He's asking for more than Declan Rice money from West Ham. He's asking 120 million. And I think for a player as important as he is to Brighton, mm. that's it. It's worth it. They don't need to sell. Um, so yeah, I can see that definitely the rumours of Chelsea being interested. I mean, Chelsea aren't doing anything for a while. The reason why Chelsea are so... Um, Interested, well, fucked or interested (laughs) is because there's actually a club who wants to buy one of their players, maybe two of their sellable assets. Mm. Yeah, maybe even three out there. Um, And a band. Well, I meant about just Brighton themselves. They want Levi Colwell back. And Mm. I would sell Caicedo to Chelsea from a Brighton perspective to get Colwell back at the club. Because I think I said to Carl in um, the group, in the group during the week, Levi Colwell is the English left-footed Saliba. It's a couple of years long, younger, but he has got that quality in him. And he will go for mega, mega money in two or three seasons. If he stays fit, continues at the level of form that he's got, he will be a different level of player. So I do think that I saw that why Bryson and Casado, why we'd go after them, and it all comes down to me about that question of, is there that market that we're hearing for Thomas Partey? Hmm. He said he, I think he's come out and said his agent or something, he said he's got no intention of going anywhere, which of course they would say, but hmm. the suggestion is he isn't going anywhere. 5'10", by the way, Casado. Um, he's not 5'10". I'm 5'10 and he's shorter than me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I can tell you that. The internet does lie. It has been yeah. known on occasion. <laughs> um, think, yeah. Sorry, just a quick question. Do you think if we... I mean, I personally don't think we get both of them. I, I, I don't no. see it. That's just my personal opinion. I can't see us getting right some kind of say that. But let's just say Devil's Advocate, we do actually get both of them. Um, Josh, do you think there's a way that those two can play together? I mean... Do you lose something in midfield if you play a Declan Rice and a Caicedo in your sort of heart of your centre midfield? I think it changes 
some of the shape that we go with and probably reduces our reliance actually on Ben White's um, in the positions he takes up. Uh, I am by saying by no stretch of the imagination based on what people have watched on the internet is Caicedo a right back or can play right back. He has filled in there three times and the player that was filling in there before was one of the most creative playmakers in the Premier League at that right back position in terms of Pascal Gross. Um, it's, I think, as Nick B's just saying in the, um, in the chat, Caicedo is perfect for that Stones role. He is. He fits that kind of bill, except for the build. But he's not got that aerial presence. But if you were sitting next to someone like Rodri, it doesn't really matter. Um, but that's where I'd see him being an option for Arsenal. It gives Rice that ability to shuffle out left. And then you've got Caicedo shuffling out right as well, whilst you allow Zinchenko to push on. Because that's another question of what we're going to do with that left midfield. Uh, sorry, left uh, left back position. And the other question about this um, mystery number eight position, the you know, left eight that um, everyone's calling about. If we're bringing in a player that is less defensively, um, what should we say? Um, defensively good as uh, Granite Xhaka. And we're looking at bringing in someone who's basically been playing for the last three years as a striker and putting them back into midfield you'd probably want a bit more security in there and having the legs of Caicedo, Rice, and then the back three that we know of already in kind of um, Gabriel, Saliba, White, you've got enough bodies there to have rest at least one of them at one point to maintain having that attacking group. Because I think it, there'll be a lot of work and energy we'll need putting into this midfield, which is then draws the questions again to Thomas Partey, who appears to be fantastic for two-thirds of the season and yes we didn't have requisite cover at the time but it appears like at some moment for no external or internal reason he will drop a two out of ten and I think for where you need literal perfection to win the league you can't have somebody just dropping a two out of ten out of nowhere with no real rhyme or reason for why their form just isn't there Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm very, very torn on on sort of how many need to come in because I think it does really depend on how many go out. What's your, Danny? You're a bit like me, a bit old school in terms of like you. You remember the days when Arsenal was was all English, uh, <laughs> being xenophobic here, but we was all all English local lads, and and we had you know the likes of Kevin Campbell and. Alan Smith and Rocky and all you know all of all of the, the old crew, um, that sort of Declan Rice ticks that box, doesn't he? Like the idea of having another uh, English London-based footballer, he's got that sort of arsenal about him. Dare I say it? It sort of feels like his character fits. And do do you think that this sort of talk of Caicedo and that are we kind of forgetting the fact that? We have apparently come out and said that that Emil Smith Rowe is is staying now. Not again. I that the club's gonna say that. I still feel like we'd be tempted if an offer came in. But assuming he stays, surely that's got to be the role that that they start to to breed him into, isn't it? In that that left eight or that centre midfield, because he hasn't really got a place at the moment. And 
if Granite Xhaka leaves, then yeah, Rice fills that spot, but you're going to need another one in there, aren't you? No, uh, I, I don't see him playing that left eight. Uh, I see him as being the modern day Perry Groves playing anywhere of the front four or five positions and he can do all of them. And that's why he made his name coming on as a substitute uh, last season and scoring goals and looking wonderful. And that's what he does. And if he wants to do every team needs a Remy guard, a Jules Grimaldi, <laughs> uh, Matthew Flamini, uh, a Perry Groves, Everyone, every team needs one of them. And if you're willing to not have the same position every single game, like you're not going to get Saka having to swap wings or, or play as a nine or a 10. His position is cemented on that right wing. And last season we had, eight players play 40 or more games and Saliba would have, would have made that 40 if he wouldn't have got the the injury. So if you may include Saliba in that, that's nine players, that leaves very little room for anybody else to come in and, and to claim one of those play, those positions because those those starting player and positions of, of nine position, they're done. We don't, we're not going to get new players for any of those positions unless somebody leaves. Now the ones that are going to leave is Xhaka, he's going to go. And then, so that's going to be the left eight that you're talking about. And I think that the the person they want for that is going to be Rice, possibly, who's going to be able to drop deeper and then do some magic. If Party goes, then it's going to be Caicedo looking at the positions that he's played. Like Josh said earlier, last season, he played 20 games as DM, 11 games as central midfield, and three games as DM, DR and right back. And so that, that that is almost what party was doing for most of the season. So I think they're the two players that, that we're going to go for to fill those two slots. Outside of that, I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to come in and take the position of anyone else because after such a magnificent season last season, we don't need anyone else unless someone's leaving. And none of the other, those players are leaving. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if party doesn't go. But, Jorginho as well. Yeah, and Serginio is a really good player, but someone's just tweeted this about 20 minutes ago. Florian Plettenberg says, uh, Carcidio has decided to join Chelsea, and he's got 181,000 followers, and he bought the tick. So, Can you go quote? back to, um, if Danny, if you can just scroll back to his tweet that he just did five minutes before then, oh, where there he's, go. yeah. That's What's what made sorry. I'm just going to say that if someone goes from what they say five minutes beforehand to that tweet, to, um, yeah, so the, the German um, Fabrizio. To, to, quote, to quote Conor um, McGregor, who the fuck is that guy? Um, <laughs> the only thing yeah. I looked at is the fact he's got 181,000 followers. Yeah. Can I have a look? You can buy them. If only, yeah, but they will leave you, don't you? As I found out, they're, they're not interested. <laughs> is, uh, the tweet he did before that was, Bayern has informed about him, Casido. They're in talks and his management and he was on their list as reported, after developments of today, it's clear Bayern had no chance. Caicedo to stay in the Premier League. And then he says something in show more, something like Chelsea are interested. And then suddenly Chelsea went from being interested to, oh my God, he's going there straight he's away. Going there Five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Do you think he's going to go to Chelsea? I mean, you could certainly see it happening. Yeah. I the thing is, is something, obviously, I don't know if we'll move to talk about it, um, and that Josh is probably been the one that's um, more vocal on this. Chelsea have to sell. Yeah. They have to sell. Before. I think, was it the 31st? Is it June 31st? They have to yeah, sell? That's why I had, yeah, that's so why And this is why the likes of Manchester United and Arsenal are going to be very, or should be very, very smart. So, you know, Man United put in their bid for um, 
Mason for Mount. Mason Mount. Got rejected mm-hmm. straight away. Okay, cool. And I think we maybe asked for maybe something like 45, 50 million for Havertz, and I think they said no straight away. All right, cool. Go away. And then by the 20th, 21st of June, so just about a week, go back with your office because Chelsea then will start panicking and start thinking, shit, we need mm-hmm. to start selling players. Or even if you really want to push the butt out, someone bid for Kaiseido and put it out there. Yes, Brighton may reject it, but the fact that they know that someone else is going to go for the player that they want, Chelsea would then start saying, okay, do you know what, Man United, we will take maybe 45 with add-ons or maybe 50 with add-ons and go to Arsenal if Arsenal really want habits, which we'll talk about in a second. Like, you know, um, okay, Arsenal, we will take 50-plus add-ons because they need to sell. And regardless of them getting people like... um, Kante off their books. He's going to Saudi Arabia, I believe. I don't think it's for any money. I think it's almost no, free, free, isn't it? They're yeah. going to cancel his contract. So, yeah. um, so not going to get any money for him. Abamyang, the same thing. They're going to cancel his contract. So and they're shopping around for a new goalkeeper, even though they've got the the French bloke and the Spanish bloke. Well, I mean, Mendy's going uh, back to France this summer, so he'll be gone. And they want so Rob Sanchez from Brighton. That's who they yeah, want to replace. So this is weird. So this is what I'm saying. That like clubs are just going to be very smart and just wait a week and then really test Chelsea's patience and be like, how much money do you really want? How badly do you want to sell? Because if you're smart, that's what you'll do. So Manchester United will get Mason Mount for, I think, maximum 50 million because they're not going to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Arsenal, if they do want Kai Havertz, like, um, they will get him for no more than 50 mm. because... Mm-hmm. Chelsea are desperate and they need to sell. And that's the reason why they haven't put in a bid for Kai Havertz. And I can't remember the strike they're going for. I can't... Um, Sanchez? Jackson. Jackson at Villarreal is the tool, oh, isn't it? it? Yeah. So, and the thing is, they've, have you noticed that even in the press, I know it's Twitter and also I don't follow many Chelsea fans, but there's no talk, apart from Kai Sado, there's no talk of Chelsea going for any other player because mm. they can't because mm. of the fact that they need to sell. So I think... Maybe next week, I think that's when the chips will start falling because of Chelsea's need to sell players. Yeah. And, and so and the also, only player that's going to Chelsea at the moment is a badly advised player, which is where I fall mm. back to Casado's agency thing. Well, <laughs> it's it's that who doesn't necessarily want to play. Mm. Uh, no player expect, wants to do to that. But also change room or something. Yeah. have people standing outside. But also this argument that. Because I've seen some Arsenal fans saying, oh, you know, we'll, we'll touch on Havertz in a second because I've got a few things to say on that. But they're sort of saying, oh, don't buy Havertz because then you're just funding the purchase of Caicedo. That's, that's absolute horseshit. Chelsea have got Chelsea could buy seven Caicedos. The issue is not how much money they've got. It's that they have to meet FFP by shifting the people that are already on their books. It's not a question of can they... If they shift those players out, they can go and buy Mbappe if they want to. They've got the money. Mm. They have to meet the FFP criteria, so they have to get these big earners off the pile. That's the issue that they've got. And like Carl said, time is ticking, um, and and they will, you know, they will be shipping people out. I think they've saved some money. Jao Felix is going back, isn't he? So that's one off the books. Nobody wants but I mean, either. There's quite a few there that are on big money. I mean, even, like even Kappa's on on decent money. Can we decent. can we all just sit back and? Um... Just laugh at the um, Koulibaly contract again, please. <laughs> yeah. Please, can we just mention that again? That and then want him on a free, don't they? Now they're talking about getting him a contract on free. Yeah, I mean, it's year deal. And Absolutely yeah, Chelsea hilarious. just want cash. They 
they just need a transfer fee. It's like mm. Cheek is another one. Connor Gallagher. All these players are going to go for Winston yeah. Bogard, aren't they? Oh, they're going to get a com- yeah. they're going to get the comfy chair and they're going to sit back and, and go sit, sit and yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've got people like Brojo, people have forgotten about as well. Maybe they could open a car park behind one of the goals and charge for cars to be parked behind there. That would be... Oh no, they've already done that, haven't they? And the thing is, whenever Chelsea sell their players, they're not going to want um, a staggered... Um, no, they're going to want they, it they, now. They're going to want money up front. So this is why you can even go with less and say, OK, no worries, I'll tell you what, you really want the money? We'll do we can it. Give that, yeah, we can give you 40 million now. Like, mm-hmm. So that's why I think... Whenever you want to touch on habits, um, Chris, um, yeah, we actually went there with 40 million cash because I know they were trying to obviously no deal, very rare. Do you get paid all the money up front? Yeah. But if they were desperate for him and say, Okay, we'll give you this cash, no add ons, that's it, that's the money you want. Depending on how desperate Chelsea are, they will accept. I mean, that's business, isn't it? It's just playing poker, it's about you know who's got the better bluff. Yeah, well, let, let's let's talk about it now, and I'll, I'll, I'll start with you on the, on, on this one then, Carl, because. The, the the rumors of habits it sort of came out of left field because what there was talk that Real Madrid were were keen at the start of the summer and and then all of that went quiet and then all of a sudden just sort of out of the blue it was that we were looking at him looking at him went to agreed personal terms which went to bids gone in which went to teams oh, clubs are talking um, this is this is one of those this is one of those transfers or one of those rumors of transfers that's really divided the Arsenal fan groups. Um, friend of the pod drew i was chatting to him late last night about this um and we were both saying people have got very short memories this is a guy who is incredibly talented he's been one of germany's best players for a number of years he was absolutely brilliant at leverkusen and the only thing that has gone wrong is that he signed for a tin pot club and has been badly managed and been badly played out of position and just underutilized and the biggest thing that I think he suffered from last season was a, a distinct lack of confidence. Like, you look at that game against Man United where he missed an absolute sitter. He's a really talented player and he gives us something we don't have. That height, I think it was Gunnerblog was saying on his post today, he reminds him of Van Persie in terms of his stature, that kind of tall, wiry figure. But he's technically brilliant. His off-the-ball movement is fantastic. He does give you a threat sort of from a headed perspective he, he scored a lot of goals with his head and he strikes me as the sort of player that the what I would call a Goldilocks player when things are just right you'll get the best out of him and for me the Chelsea move was just never a good fit whereas I think an Arsenal move and a you know a coach like Arteta who will let him thrive and arguably he can play three or four different positions that we would need him to play as a as a, a cam as a deep eight as a 10 and he can, he can comfortably play wide or off another striker for me, as I put in my bio here, bring me the German because I just think that's a deal that is, uh, I, I'm re- it really excites me genuinely. And like you, I I feel I would I would pay up to fifty five. I would I wouldn't go to sort of sixty seventy. I think that's silly. They bought him for seventy five. You know, his his value has declined since he's been there. He's twenty four. Um, which camp do you sit in? Do you, do you sit in the camp that says, yeah, actually this one's a pretty good move and it's quite exciting, or have you got reservations? Because I mean. Chelsea, <laughs> I we have, we have, have been burned in the past. So I have reservations, and the reservations I have is because only because of Chelsea. When he was in at Leverkusen, he was tearing it up. He was mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. He was, and I know what you're saying, Chris. The fact that you know Chelsea played him wrong. He's not a striker. I don't know why Chelsea played him as a striker. There's nothing that says 
striker about him. Um, he, you know, uh, he's not a striker at all. He's a midfielder. That's that's the situation. That's that's what Chelsea bought him as, and for some unknown reason, converted him as a striker. Um, I, I put in the group yesterday about his numbers that he's he's done. Um, in the Premier League. And I think in three seasons, he's not scored 30 goals. Now, um, does that give you the form of, like, you can tell that he's not a striker, should he be playing in his right um, position, which is a, a midfielder? Because when he comes to Arsenal, I think he will probably take that eight left eight attacking role. And I think that's what he's going to do. And I, I think what you were talking about, he's pre-leading to um, that, He's not very defensive, so he's going to need someone defensive to play alongside him to sweep up the the errors or the fact that he's going to play further forward. Um, you know, Arteta will probably change his game, and he probably will like get him to start running back. Um, I just don't. We just had a season, Carl, where we broke our Premier League goal scoring record. I don't think Arteta needs to swap a, a player like the, the left eight Xhaka, who does the defending, for an attacking player. I don't see why Arteta would change the system. I but would score loads. I, I think Xhaka, if you had a different player in that position, someone who could finish, would have scored 15, 20 goals. If you had an Aaron Ramsey or yeah, someone who was... could get on the end of a cross, which Havertz has shown at least um, he can win a header. I think that's one of the key things, that if Xhaka was able to clinically head the ball, because that's what we saw, when everybody departs the box of all our diminutive forwards, the player running in and offering that physical presence was Granit Xhaka. So that's where I see that we need to replace somebody with some him with some someone with some stature. I didn't realise he's six foot four. I was going to say, he's big, a big lad. He's, he's a bit Perez, isn't he, in his, in his sort of play style, in the way the way he moves. It's very... Because a few people have, have gone down the Ozil route, haven't they, and said, oh, you know... But I, I don't... German. And he's got that style, hasn't he? He's got that almost mm. languid, like, am I really trying style? But I, I think, like Danny said, I, I think under Arteta, I don't really feel like we... It's a gamble. I don't, I, gamble I don't really... I don't really feel like we need to add the goals. What I feel we need to add, though, is the quality and depth. Because like we, we've all been saying about Champions League and that. If you can say you play in Champions League on you know, Wednesday and you're basically saying you've got Erdegaard fighting Havertz for a place, fighting Trossard for a place, you know, or, OK, Martinelli's had a knock at the weekend against Forrest, so we'll bring in Havertz to play left midfield and we'll keep Erdegaard in the 10 or switch them over or whatever. It gives you options, doesn't it? And, like... Again, this is this is a German international, twenty four years of age, Premier League ready, and 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 has just gone rusty. Like I, I just can't see the, I can't really see the downsides. And Arteta's not going to be. I mean, we all know what he's like, old Spanish Bobby. He doesn't suffer fools gladly. He will have been over this guy's character with a fine tooth comb, while I do Stokes the barbecue. I mean, there's no way they would wouldn't have done their their due diligence on his, you know, his stats and his. You know, ground cover, that sort of thing, his work rate. He's not going to come in and be a lazy player at Arsenal, is he? You know, that's where I feel like it also seems like an opportunistic signing. That's where mm. another Ozil parallel comes. It's opportunistic. It's not, I don't think we went into this transfer window going, or last we summer going, we're mm. going to go and get Havertz and he's going to be the long term successor to Granite Xhaka. Mm. 
but I don't think we can reiterate enough how fucked Chelsea are mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. undervaluing Great, players. Um, I think, I think yeah. I look at um so I'm just getting, I've literally just got his stats up now. So when he first came to Chelsea, he played 27 games, scored four goals, three assists. Uh second season. Um, obviously that was the COVID season, but second season, 29 games, eight goals, three assists. Um, third season, so last season, played 35 games, uh, seven goals, one assist. And I think, I, so the reason why I'm not going to put the assist in that rating, because Chelsea were a, an absolute shambles. Like they had a Bamiya up front who couldn't finish his dinner. Like, um, so... You know, you have to flip in and look at that and think, okay, look at the people he had around him. You know, Frank no one Lampard. could finish. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and Frank Lampard was his manager as well. So, you know, you, you have to... Graham uh, Potter wasn't... Well, he creates yeah. XG, but the, the strikers don't score. We'll forget that. <laughs> the whole thing was a shit show, let's be honest. Yeah. So I so I look at that and I just think to myself, Danny, why have you got that picture up? Because um, he's in the chat. There he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's probably just he's he's probably just taking five minutes off from making another million from or playing another six houses or, with real houses. No, because yeah. to walk from the west wing to the east wing is quite far for Femi. So yeah, true. Can get one of them riding on scooters. Uh, <laughs> Segway. I heard he's yeah. hiring Carl and hiding um, uh, Josh just to drag him along on on his back. F- fun true. fact: John Welsh is your butler. It's, it's true. Yeah. On the West Wing, I'm the East Wing. We cover two different floors as well. Oh, <laughs> obviously, yes. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, so, just because I, I can't really take him last year because, obviously, Chelsea were an absolute shit show. And if we can get the Bayern Leverkusen habits, then, yeah, mm. I would. But it just doesn't excite me. Yes, he's got Premier League experience, and I, and I totally understand that. And if, like you said, and I think... Hit the nail on the head. It is an absolute opportunistic um, buy. I think anyone in world football could probably look at that Chelsea team and think, "Who is it that we could pick?" Obviously, not the players that have probably just come in, but yeah. Um, if you looked at that Chelsea squad and say, "Oh, I could take him. Oh, I could take that person. Oh, I could take that person," they would have to sell because, like we were saying, they have to sell. I mean, I can imagine like someone like. Cucurella, who's um, who got bought for sixty mil, want to say, yeah. he's probably not on. He's probably on like massive wages. Um, the same as Ben Chill was. So they've got two left backs. They got a right back in Reese James, who Three cannot stay. They bought another one, didn't they? Well, don't forget they got Malo Gusto coming in from Leon as well. Yeah, who hasn't even played for them yet. Um, yeah. so they're talking they're about loaning him before he even comes in the door, which is hilarious. Jesus, they got uh, a right back that cannot keep fit for love nor money. Um, then Raheem Sterling, remember him? Raheem Sterling, who's on some five year deal, like, yeah. yeah, something stupid <laughs> like 300 grand. Um, they've, they've got no striker, um, well, apart from Bamiyang. Um, they've got so, Ford as a new manager, no, they've got um, Fafana, he's allergic to winning thing. Fafana, that's the Pope, yeah, that's what I was talking thinking Fafana, about. Fafana, oh, yeah, the Danish lad, yeah, Danish, yeah. but he's 19, so, you're not starting him in the Premier League every week, yeah. No. So, Chelsea are a mess at the moment. So, if you're an opportunity, like you said, and I think that was a really good point, if you're a club and think, who can I pick from Chelsea? I think within the last week of June, you are going to see a lot of people just. How much for this person? How much for that person? And if they're yeah. up to it, they're, they're going to have to sell. Otherwise, Chelsea are in a deep, deep duty. But going back to habits, That's I mean, if one. we su- 
if we sign him, I'll be very happy. Like I, I genuinely would be. Oh, sorry, if we sign if we sign him, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, this is a shit signing. But you'll give him a chance. It just doesn't <laughs> fill me with excitement, and he could come in and tear it up. And I hope he does. I hope yeah. he does prove everyone wrong. Like Jorginho, you know, when we signed Jorginho, everyone was like, why are we signing this player for? We don't need him. Blah blah blah. Mm, it turns out that we did need him badly. Yeah. When yeah. Thomas Partey fell off a cliff, mm-hmm. and oh, talking of him, he's on the TV now. Um, but um, sorry, I'm watching. Um, he scored earlier, didn't he? Femi, Femi's just made a really good point no. as well about Chelsea. Uh, Christopher and Kunku's coming in, um, mm-hmm. and by the way, he is very, very good. Um, he will play the Havertz role because he's a centre forward, he's not a striker, and there is a big difference between the two. He will play that Havertz false nine role if if he if they play him as 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 Leipzig did anyway in that kind of free floating behind or float either floating behind a non striker or floating behind a, a target man. Um, so really, I think it's one of Havertz or or Nkunku, So that would make logical sense if they were to do that. But um, and I mean, yeah. if you're going to bring in an Argentinian fraud as well as your new manager, you know nothing. You're not going to win any trophies. What's the I point want, staying? I, I want him to fail so badly. <laughs> I, I want him to fail. So, I want him to be worse than Frank Lampard. I just want that to go. Uh, that's not physically oh, possible. Well, no, please don't, because it will give some credence to Frank Lampard. Yeah, true. I can't have that. Worse it just than makes it makes you think that there's so many reasons to hate Chelsea. They've got an ex-Spurs manager. Yeah. Um, plus it's Chelsea. Like, so, you know, there's so many reasons to hate. And I want them to fail as well. Like, I don't know. I just don't was see them bouncing back like, as quickly as they in, seem to think they are. Wasn't he in charge, Pochettino, with Spurs when they had that battle with Chelsea and that massive ding-dong a few years ago? Wasn't yeah. he in charge of that? The yeah. battle, that's when the they finished. The yeah, when, that's um, Who was When it? they finished third in a two-horse race. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah. The, that's the one. Because um, you... Because you know that those plastic Chelsea fans um, and and the they've, yeah they got a porn star as a fan haven't they that that's that's cool. Um, I know this isn't a John Terry Wonderland, but can we just have a little look at this Wikipedia, Wikipedia thing <laughs> at their top signings? And you tell me when to stop at a decent signing. Fernandez, one hundred and six million. Lukaku, fraud. Kaku, ninety five million. Cam Havertz, seventy two. Kepa, unpronounceable, seventy one. Wesley Fafana, oh, 70 million. Mudrik, the, duck, the Croatian duck, 62. Pulisic, I say Fafana wasn't a Pulisic, bad signing. all about him. Yeah. Sorry, I was stopping you at Fafana. For, not for that price, though. He, I he, think, he's like budget Saliba. Yeah, but if you were going to try and get Saliba. Saliba, if you were trying to get Saliba out of Leicester. Yeah. I remember they charged 80 million for Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's puddles of wheat. Um, Cucurella, Josh, 56, has he been a success Uh, there? No, but he was absolutely worth it. He was the best left back in the league when he was at Brighton and he went Mm. to an absolute shit show with a manager who completely forgot how to use him. Uh, We've got Raheem Sterling on 47 million. Nope. Uh, ben Chilwell, 45. I'd argue that's no. not yeah. bad value. That's he's not been bad. Yeah, he's, a lot, isn't he? yeah. Yeah. he's not a bad player. As well. Zayas just been a really good one would be Kovacic. Kovac, yeah, I'd say he's worked. probably been a hit, to be fair. Zayic, no, no. 37 Awful. million. Uh, this bloke... Badia Shile. He, he will... In, I think he will come good, but it's too early to tell yet. Um, Bakiyaro. Good God, no. 
and yeah. uh, Kubalali, Kulabari. Yeah, no. I forgot they paid. To, mm. Sorry, can we just reiterate how much they paid for Kulabali? Thirty uh, million, yeah. At uh, thirty-one and signed into a four-year deal. Yeah, cool. Mickey Ali right. uh, from, from PSV of and Noni. Who's he? Never heard of him. Noni Mickey yeah. Uh, Experts um, as a youth. He so was. Gusto, never heard of him. Twenty-six million. I think when you're going to go down most of their squad, they've either been rubbish or. They've had a couple of decent players, but the amount of money they've spent is no wonder they've got to get rid of half of those players. The last good signing Chelsea made was um, Marcus Alonso's lawyer. I think that was the, the last decent <laughs> signing they made. So um, that's good. Uh, yeah, well, that's, I think that's enough about Chelsea. I mean, obviously with Havertz, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and with regards to the Rice thing, yeah, it, it feels like a matter of time, but we've been here before. We've had our little thingies burnt this way before, so... You know the rules, people. Until he's on the on the pitch holding a, a pen and paper and signing a deal, then it doesn't it isn't real. Um, I agree we... with Avon, by the way, who says he would take Levi Carwell. I'd drive him to whichever ground or take him. <laughs> what position is it? Which fullback is he? Left or right? No, is left centre back. back. Left centre back. Nineteen. He, he, kind of, he is kind of the next one off the block in terms of English centre backs, isn't he? Him and yeah. Mark Gay. He seems like the two. I think he's better than Gay. And I'm not just because he's at Palace. Uh, he's just had a ropey house season, basically. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. What What about, um, before we talk outgoings, because I feel like we need to do that, um, we've, we've, got the new, we've got the news we kind of, well, I think we, we, all of us in this chat said it was coming and I was pretty confident. Saliba's new deal looks like it's going to be done. Um, I'll just, just go to one of you on this one, Danny. Let's go to you on this one. Happy with that? I mean, there was... There was a lot of sort of suggestions that uh, I think even Man United had a sniff. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, there, there was a bit of speculation that, you know, the, the clubs were quite far apart. I never believed it. You know, it was very clear that they just needed to make sure this back injury wasn't a big thing. And and he wanted to be paid what he's worth. And as we said on the last podcast, he's worth every penny of, of the near 200k. I, I've heard it's going to be 180k a week. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's, that's what I've been told. It, it's just a good positive signing, isn't it? Not just him, but you've got Big Gabby, Aaron Ramsdale, Ben White's on a long-term contract. Um, that back four is all nicely tied down, isn't it? So it can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, that um, that shows that Arsenal were not the Arsenal of old, where we'd have a wonderful play and let them go because we couldn't agree wages or, or they wanted to go. You have got someone there who is the best centre-back we have had at the club. Oh, God, going back... Um, <laughs> maybe may as good as Saul Campbell and Tony Adams. Oh, yeah. Campbell's the one I would have picked out, yeah. Just absolutely stunning. And for a player like that, where he could go and be the starting player for any club in the known and unknown universe for the next decade, to get that's how good he is. And he's not like Gabriel Megalegs, where he loses the plot every now and then. And you think, oh, he's on one. Saliba doesn't do that. You, if you look, you can see a Saliba. I've said this before. Saliba, when he watches the game, it's like the Matrix. He slows time down mm-hmm. and he reads it. And then if he does make a mistake, he can turn time back and wiggle back and go and sort it out. The way he reads the game. I remember, Chris, we were talking when he was in, at St. Etienne and then he was on loan at Nice and then he was at Marseille. And I said, look at the players around him. I can't, couldn't believe you'd have centre-backs making over 100 passes a game. Mm-hmm. I thought, if he comes to Arsenal, is he going to be allowed to do that? And he is. He gets that ball like Sol Campbell. He brings that ball out and he spreads it around like someone who's a creative midfielder. And you look at that and you think, well, he signed. And he has obviously been drinking the Arteta Kool-Aid, which is what we want them all to do. And now mm. that team is all set up 
for the next four or five seasons of playing together. And and this is on on the arc on the on the the arc of like when you have like maybe a one to ten of how good and had the progress. I said out of ten, we're probably about an, an eight out of ten on a, on a good day, maybe eight and a half. And on the progress, we're only up to about stage three, stage four out of ten. And these all committing to the future. It's just going to be unbelievable because we have got so many fantastic players in every position. Normally, any, any one of those players would be the star player at any any of the, the clubs outside of the top three or four. They would be lucky if they each had one of these players. We have got five or six or seven of them all in our side at the same time, at the same age. Mm. That is something that if you we look at this in years to come, we were buying players that were that were hoping they were still at their peak. Some of them we were going, well, maybe they can still get back to their peak. These players haven't even reached their peak yet. They are, mm. they are so many, and they're going to be world-class players. And we've got loads of them, and they are all together. And we used to say that it would have to be, because they're Halen boys, that, that they all play together, and they play better. These lot are going to be playing better because they've been playing together, and they have the ability. And it is just fantastic work. And the club, and Edu, and Vinay, and uh, all the rest of them, and, and Garlic, and whatnot, they ain't going to get the... the, um, the, rec- the um, what's the word? The acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the acknowledgement of what they've done now. And people are still on Twitter moaning about them. Come on, get it done. We, even if we sign nobody for next season, I still think we would have a hell of a team. And mm-hmm. Saliba is is the diamond in that team. Without mm-hmm. him at the back, we are. We saw the end of last season. We are a mess. As much as Gabriel Megalegs is brilliant and the other, and Ben White is really good and Ramsdale is good, he is the key to our defence and he is oh, I mean, what is he? He's barely out of nappies. He's twenty-one, yeah. And and Saliba makes Gabriel a better defender as well. It's the partnership. Yeah, those and two together. Worry. You know, that's that's the thing. And yeah. and and when we, like you said, Danny, referring to our conversations we had about him when he was at Nice and, and Saint Etienne, what two and a half, three years ago. For all those people that want to believe certain ITKs or not, here's a little tip for you. Maybe when you go on Twitter or social media maybe listen to the people that have actually watched players in the leagues they're in before signing them week in, week out, and form your opinion off there. Just, it's just an idea, you know? And I'm not just referring to, like, our knowledge of various leagues, but, you know, like I said earlier on, somebody like Drew, who's watched Kai Havertz, look at these sort of accounts. And, you know, if 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 Joe Bloggs is, is tweeting about the next big thing out of Brazil just have a little sift through his timeline and see if he's ever actually watched any Brazilian football before. Because the likelihood is these people are just tweeting stuff. The the team that I watched the second most number of games of last season was Marseille. Mm -hmm. Because it's full of ex-Arsenal players or Arsenal players on loan there. And... uh, and in Milan and stuff like that. And I don't watch any Spanish football. I have no interest in any team in that league at all. That league is done, uh, apart from if they're going to try and spunk a load of money on it. It's good to see teams collapse over there. But yeah, watching the, the French teams, it's, it's been fun this um, this last season. Watching Kalasinic to mm. roll back the years, and then you realise he's not actually 35 years old. He's only 29 years old. and He's and, got um, wonderful hair these days as well. Watching Sanchez like play has been fun. Sorry. No, I agree with you. I said watching Sanchez play has been fun. Yeah, I yeah. Think he do so well. And his lovely tash. He looks like he looks like a some kind of 80s porn star now. It's great. He's got a tickler on him. We we've come a long way since a back four of what Ma- Murray and and Mustafi uh, and Kalasinac oh, and Bellerin. 
<laughs> how did he survive that? No, seriously, how did he survive? Yeah, you're right. Survived is the word. Fuck I saw you did a bit of love the other day for Bellowing Chris. I yeah, was, I, I love Hecky. Nice. I I genuinely wish him all the best. Like, he, I I think he's a pretty good footballer. I, I I don't think he. I think that injury, unfortunately, is what killed the potential he had. He never quite found the levels after that. But no, he just strikes me as a really lovely bloke, and it's really quite heartwarming to see him go back to better. So, good luck to the lad. I say. Um, what about let's talk about outgoings because there's, there's a little bit of chatter about a few things. The latest one I saw was PSG linked with Erdegaard. By the way, <laughs> don't, don't believe that it's absolute bollocks. Um, PSG have got bigger fish to fry, they are not taking Erdegaard, so just disregard that straight off the bat. But, um, yeah, there is. Oh, Avon asked about it. There you go. There you are, Avon. Don't worry, you can sleep peacefully at night. My friend Erdegaard is in contract renewal talks with us. He ain't going anywhere. Don't worry about that. There was that but, article, wasn't there, linking Thierry Henry going to be the manager of PSG? Oh, yeah, I love that one. Just, that, that is, that's still and there taking is still Saliba, Erdegaard, yeah, and Thierry, and uh, it was there was one other one he was going to take. Thierry is is very much his own man. I th- I I don't I wouldn't rule out the idea of him joining like a Nagelsmann, but I think ultimately he quite liked to be the number one, and that didn't really work out very well at Monaco. So, um, good pundit, not necessarily good manager. But there is a few we've got to ship out, and there is starting to be sort of suggestions that a few are on on the way. I spotted a Nuno Tavares to Turkey rumor the other day. I can see that happening. Uh, Sambi's being talked about as going out on loan again, which seems a bit silly. I, I personally, I just, just sad that at the moment with all this uh, money to go and play in the sand, that we haven't got any players of that age because we got rid of them all in previous years and we struggled to get rid of them and cancel their contracts. And now we'd be getting money for them. They'd be snapping mm. them up left, right, but we haven't got any old men. Well, it's the same like well, that, isn't it? They're going to just cancel the contract, aren't they? I mean, it's, it's scary how much we spent on some of those players, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Josh, I'll start with you. Uh, who, who's who? Who would you put money on? Because there is all this sort of talk. We know who's going to go. Like we know Tierney's realistically going to go. Probably holding unless he's just happy to sort of play the Onene role and just hang around. But for the good of his career, probably best if he moves on. Um, I, I guess a lot of people are sort of doing this thing of saying, "Or oh, could there be a surprise exit?" I mean, would you put someone like Balogun into that bracket of surprise exit? Because I've got, I've got I, a sneaking feeling that Eddie might be the one that might might be. I one think of, yeah? Balogun will be a surprise stay rather than a surprise mm, go. I think I would agree with that. There's already the uh, anguish, so we say, of a player who's still under contract at Arsenal leaving, um, despite not really saying much, one way or the other. For every um, rumor one way, I can find a conflicting rumor the other way um, for what's going on with Balogun at the moment. And hey, I think what this evening he's making his debut for yeah. the US so Big I think just go and well. support him Mexico um, and I think oh classic derby yes <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what we call <laughs> the Mike Hurst derby next um, Thursday but yeah I think I can't really see anyone that would be shocking because I expect everybody from the starting that general's best starting eleven to stick around. And I th- always thought that players that we signed in January, I saw that, you know, Jorginho, there was a potential we'd flip him this summer. If the right offer came in and we could make money back, we could easily just, you know, say, thanks, Chelsea. We know you needed some money. And uh, you also, for some reason, decided you wanted to pay a release clause of a guy because you, you'd said you were going to do it. 
then said you didn't do it, then Benfica were like, well, you're going to do it or not? You've unsettled our player. Give us the money. And Todd Bowley went, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And just uh, gave them 120 million. Um, but yeah, otherwise I can't really see anything that wildly would surprise me. Um, no, I think I'm quite settled with what I think the squad's going to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even like a Trossard, I could see one way or the other because I trust, I, maybe it's because I trust the process. That's the problem. <laughs> Have you got a tattoo yet though of trust the process? Because Yeah, you don't want to know where the O is. <laughs> <laughs> one of our it's young where the men. hole is, where Polo is. Winner, Matt Smith has just tweeted that he's leaving the club. Ah, oh, wow. the end of an got era. Got an FA Cup winner's medal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he, I do. Do you reckon yeah. they'll get him to keep his seat that he sat in so long? <laughs> one seat. <laughs> Take the, the one on the bench. Yeah. The, the one that Lacquer sat in with an umbrella that time. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's kind of a shame. But actually, that, let me ask you this. I'll throw the similar question to you, Carl. But I, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It, it might have been Arsenal. It might have been Arsenal Vision. I can't remember. But somebody was saying that we, we kind of. This modern world of football, we, we kind of have to come to terms with the fact that sometimes you just have to not be too attached to players, don't you? Like, as much as we all thought Charlie Patino would go far at this club, like, sometimes you just have to step back and go, as much as we like him and as much as he showed promise, we're now a legit, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll come on to Man City in a minute, but we are now a legit, you know, top four established club. Well, established is maybe a little bit rich, but we're up there. Let's put it that way. We should now be challenging for for higher up in the table and, and you know, as best a team can challenge a city, we should be trying to do that at least. So maybe you just have to cut your cloth accordingly and say you can't, you can't have players like Charlie Patino if they're not going to be useful. You have to have actual established internationals as your backup not just kids. So is it that case that we do have to just cut the cloth accordingly and say, actually, well, yeah, maybe we don't need to be so attached to these younger players. Sadly, sometimes in football, there's no room for sentiment. Yeah, that's exactly the word. Yeah. You maybe have to be a little bit ruthless. And I think, you know, there's players in the past that we maybe held on to long. I mean, Jack Wilshire, you think of that, like, he was injury-ridden. He was injury-prone. And I think if Arsene Wenger was still at the club, he would have given Jack a new contract. But I think it was Unai Emre who had that conversation with him who said, look, you're not part of the plans. Like, you can't stay fit. And, you know, you, you had to go. And obviously, you know, Jack Walsh's career was cut short very, very early. But, you know, he's, he's always going to be a cult hero, isn't he? You always wanted to keep hold of him. And sadly, we we just couldn't. I think with the likes of Charlie Patino, like, he wants to go. He wants first team. I thought he'd be in and around the first team the next season. I don't know if you can officially call it next season, this season now, but um, I thought he would be in and around the team. But obviously, he wants he's had a taste of first team football at um, mm. Black um, Blackpool, and he wants to start. And I I understand, you know, you don't want to go from starting every week, even if he's lower down in the leagues, to going back to the Premier League and starting on the bench and not getting game time. So I, I understand it, and you know, so be it. I think there's probably one more person who's going to leave that we're not going to be happy with because um, he's going to, I think he's going to go to Man City. Um, 
and that's our youngest player to ever. Um, Duanieri. Um, yeah, I think he's going to. I think yeah, I think Ethan is going to leave because I think his head's going to be turned like Amari Hutchinson, unfortunately. But mm. you know, I mean, I think, look, at, um, look at the careers of players that have made their debut that young though. Yeah, he's either going to be Wayne Rooney or James Vaughan. Put it that way. Jermaine Pennant mm. did it for Notts County. He was 15 when he made his debut, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That turned yeah, out to be a car so, Yeah, so I think um, maybe it was a good and a bad thing that he got his um, debut that early, but I do think he might leave this season. I think you're right, Chris. We need you look at the depth of Man City's have got and how many youth team players have they got in their quote unquote depth? Not many. They've got established internationals, they've got people who. You know, they've got 50 million um, people, 50 million pound players as backups um, sitting on their bench. You can't get a game. Mm. So, you know, I'm not saying that we're ever going to be that like that because we're not. We don't have the the finances for that at all. But I think you have to understand that if we can get some sort of money in and then that can facilitate somebody else in the squad, then so be it if it makes us stronger. But I, I just think that sadly, we are going to have to make some really uncomfortable decisions. And I think there'll be a surprise departure this season that nobody expects. Who that person is, I don't know. But Name them, Carl. I think You can't just throw it out there. I think there will Give be the a surprise departure. I, st- I still think, like, honestly, <laughs> and I know we... No, no, not that, that. But I, I think one? that... Um... Gabriel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I think if a... Aston Villa come in for a bid for Emil Smith Rowe for like 35 million. Do Arsenal turn down 35 million for Smith Rowe? Really? Like, do they? I don't think they do. I think if a Newcastle comes in for a, you know, 35 to 40 million pound bid, do Arsenal really turn that down? Knowing that, is he going to be a starter next season? No. If we get 45 million pounds for him, not saying that someone's going to pay 45 mil for him, but, you know, between 35 and 40 mil, if someone comes in for him, I don't think we turn it down. I I just don't. I don't think that Arsenal, at the moment, turn that down. And I think that's going to be an unpopular sell if he goes, where if he does go. Mm. But um, I think that'll be a a very big surprise um, person to leave Arsenal. I think the only one we're thinking, the the surprise is everyone who signed a new contract in the last 18 months, basically. Mm. If suddenly we see that Saka's being sold, it's more than a surprise. More than a surprise. It's a bit of a. But I guess maybe that just shows in us kind of trusting that the outgoings that we're going to make are for the right reasons, and the thing incomings. With, we've seen thing, enough, I think. Thing with Smith Rowe as well is he's he's been called up to the England under twenty ones, hasn't he, for the summer? That that tournament's really big for him, I think, because that gives him that opportunity of getting a minutes b fitness and it's almost like a fresh start for him isn't it so i feel like that's going to determine what part of the plans he comes back into because he'll come back right in time for pre-season and if anything he might be ahead of some of the other players with the amount of games or the amount of training he's going to be doing for england so yeah i kind of feel like he, he, he's got a big pre-season ahead of him um but yeah i mean if he hits the ground running like like danny said earlier on he was he was a really big part of, of that run-in, wasn't he, for us two seasons ago. So I'd rather keep him, but I sort of wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be shocked, let's put it that way, if, if all of a sudden, even a West Ham came in, like, after selling Rice, maybe. I'd, it just seemed like it. 
one that could fester on. Um, but yeah, there, there will be some outgoings, and we might have to um, we might have to cut our cloth accordingly and say goodbye to a few people. But at least Moel Nene will still be here. Like that's the most important thing. He he will be here. He will be here no matter what. To quote, what do you do with a problem like Pepe, Chris? Do I? Sorry, second. What do you do with a problem like Pepe? Like Arteta clearly doesn't like him. Clearly doesn't want um, him. Well, I'm not saying doesn't want him, but doesn't fancy him as a as a player. And there's kind of I don't know maybe in France, but there's just no talk about any club kind of wanting him. So. What do you do with his high wages? Do you cancel his contract? Do you There's, subsidize some of his wages if you tell him, like, if you sell him to another club? Like, what what happens to him? There's three clubs that are interested: uh, two in France, one in Italy. Monaco are, are interested, and Montpellier are interested. Montpellier is a difficult one because they don't really have the finances. But the talk is, if they do let Eliwahi go, whether that's to us or anyone else, that they'll look at Pepe as a replacement there. Um, and the the link to Monaco is it's a little bit lazy because they're they're just rebuilding their squad. The one he would fit in quite well in, ironically, is Leon because they've probably got room. They've they've shipped like Hussam Awar's gone, Musa Dembele's gone. They've got some room for a wide forward there. The one in Italy is the one that interests me because Fiorentina are apparently having a look at him because they they've got Jonathan Icone, the French winger, already there, and they want. Hasn't someone inside. just bought them? Well, that's that was uh, I, I, I did read that they were looking at because he was he's quite high valued, isn't he, Kone? So somebody's looking at him. But if he moves on, it would be a good fit. But to answer your question, I I would not be surprised if we just mutually agreed to terminate, which is a shocking state of affairs. But like you said earlier on, it's not his fault that that very large brown envelope was passed between mm-hmm. allegedly between Raúl and and company. I mean it. You know, he he was the informed player in France that season. He was absolutely outstanding for Lille. And unfortunately, much like we said about the Havertz thing at Chelsea, sometimes a manager or a club, a player just doesn't fit. And Pepe for us just didn't fit. We, I'll I'll die on this hill. We never used him the right way. We didn't. Um, and that's we look at the highlights of him, and he was a really yeah. decent player at times. But look, Stamper, we still owe twenty four million to pay out his contract, and he's Which on one hundred and forty grand a week. And although when he went to uh, was it Nice that he went to? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When he went there on loan, he took a massive pay cut, didn't he? But even mm-hmm. if he took a fifty percent, we still were paying seventy thousand pound a week for someone we're never going to use. Yeah. So how much would yeah. it cost to cancel the contract? And then would we still have to pay the twenty four million to? Um, his old club but if if a club if a club uh, sort of agreed to pay us like Carl was saying earlier on about the, these deals that drag on like if a club said just right we'll take Pepe off your hands for a free but we'll pay you you know 20 million over five years then ultimately we're getting a player off the books wages wise and we're still making a little bit of money back over a period of time that's where the clubs with a lesser budget might come in but the, the problem that Pepe's got is he wasn't particularly good for Nice when he went back on loan last season it's not like he went back it's to France and lit it up he started all right, and then he got an injury, and he, I think he was out for about six weeks. He never really got back up to speed. That Lille side he was in, the title-winning side, was he, it was built for him. He would have that free role. He could play left wing, right wing, through the middle. He was constantly rotating in that front line. And that's where I think if we'd have used him right, we probably would have got the best out of him. But And that's not to like have a go at Arteta, like, you know, it's the same at whatever league you, whatever level you play at, you can be a Sunday league player. If, if the manager just for whatever reason just doesn't fancy you, 
he doesn't have to justify himself. It doesn't matter how much you cost or how flashy boots are or what car you arrive in the car park. And if, if the manager doesn't fancy you, he doesn't fancy you. And that's, that's unfortunate for Pepe. There were some suggestions off the pitch. Life wasn't the best, but I mean, he's a modern footballer that most of them are dickheads, aren't they? Let's be honest. So I wouldn't hold that against him. But if only we'd have yeah. waited one year to buy Lille's best player. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Make Lille, uh, make Arsenal Canadian again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, but I, I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if he went for either a nominal fee, which is the new, uh, what what was it they used to say, undisclosed fee. Mm-hmm. It's now nominal fee. So nobody ever really knows how much a player goes for. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he went for a, a nominal fee or I think, free. Uh, I think nominal is didn't get what they wanted and yeah. undisclosed is uh, got more than they were expecting. Got more than they were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. But it is um, the absolute worst Arsenal transfer ever mm-hmm. and right up there with the worst Premier League transfer ever for the amount of money and what we've yeah. got to have him and what we're going to get out of him. And he is still a weight around our neck until I, we do something about it because it's just a disaster and it's none, not really his fault. I'd put Cavadiawara in that box as well, bless him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the man who yeah. could only ever hit the post and the crossbar, and that was it. <laughs> the amount of money he cost us in paint, having to repaint those those crossbars. Yeah, he bankrupted the club. God bless him. Um, just the last sort of twenty minutes of this pod because we are, we are not doing a two-hour podcast tonight. So sorry if if you've tuned in for that. But you know, last time we went on far too long. We're only going to do an hour and a half. But I do just want to talk about general football. Um, Danny, you're as cynical as I am. Did you enjoy the um, sports washing uh, victory uh, in the Champions League final? I didn't watch it. I went for a run. Fuck them. Um, but yeah, isn't it so wholesome that? Um, state-funded oil-rich Manchester City won yet another soulless prize that means absolutely nothing. It's, it's amazing because I'm still getting people retweeting a tweet that I did um, saying, oh, I can't find out. I've got a retweet of it today. Oh, well done, City. It's magical that they have managed to do such do what they have managed to do on such a tiny budget and do it all without breaking or even bending the rules. It's amazing what 1.5 billion will buy you nowadays. I did that on the world on the the, the final, and then I did a, a list of all their relegations, and I'm still getting people retweeting it. So it's an absolute disgrace, and they're not going to do anything about it because we saw when UEFA tried to challenge. Oh, don't want that there, do you? No. Uh, when UEFA tried to challenge Man City, Man City said, we'll just argue with you until you run out of money. And the Premier League go, we don't have as much money as UEFA, although it's close. We're just going to let them get away with it. And every season, 100, 115 charges every season, that's going to go up by about another 15 because they're doing the same thing season, or maybe even go up by about 20 or 30 because they're the same charges season after season after season. So, uh, next season, it will be 130. The season after that, it will be 145 or however many it is per season. And they, they will not do anything about it. And Newcastle have gone, hold my beer, you watch this, if they want to. Because Man- Newcastle owners have got enough money to buy Man United, to buy Man City, to buy Chelsea, and still have enough money left over to buy every other team in the, well, in the league. In they've country. started, haven't they? Because their yeah, new bro. shirt sponsor, oh yeah, um, apparently Saudi. is yeah, is oh, no, Saudi the based. Carl have, have made rules that you're not allowed to have inflated sponsorship. Mm. They've stopped all that. Now. Yeah, Silly yeah. Carl. And if you're, Sorry. and also if you're owned by a gambling company, you're not allowed to put your own logo on the shirt. Absolutely, either. not allowed yeah, to yeah. do that. But if you're, no. yeah, but anyone else, fine. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's with Newcastle already. 
do you know yeah. the thing that that really cheesed me off about City and and City fans? This should be a long list. It, well, because, yeah. uh, you, it is because how both of the leagues you watch are ruined by sports washing teams. <laughs> well, that, that's that's also, that's also true. Yeah, the thing that pisses me off, especially about Man City fans, well, a um, Northerners can just get in the bin because I just can't stand fucking Northerners and they speak like they're uneducated. That's just eliminated ninety percent of our audience. So hi guys, so thanks for coming. Um, but when you hear them, like, you, and I know, I know that six oh six is is a is a is an intelligence quiz because anyone that listens to it you don't listen to it because you want to hear intelligent callers you listen it's to it it's just because... a game of gotcha oh you said and, this and i know you did this and it's Rubbish. so funny listening to the absolute morons that phone up you know like, honestly hilarious but um the, the the city fans that ring up and they're so arrogant like they're so stuck up and i'm I'm sitting here thinking, like, without Paul Dickoff, your club doesn't exist, mate. Like, you literally <laughs> won't even know what that close. means, though. They'll have no, no they idea don't. what you're talking about. But they're so fucking arrogant now. And they're like, oh, yeah, we won the Champions League. No, you haven't. You bought the Champions League, you fucking mugs. And the thing that really makes me laugh about them is when you challenge it, what they do is they throw two things at you. They throw the racism card and they say, oh, no, you're racist against Arabs. Well, no, it's just that. Arabs have got the money. Nobody else can compete with the money those Arabs have. It doesn't matter that they're, that they're Arabs. It matters they have the money. It's nothing to do with race. And the other thing that pisses me off with them is they say, oh, well, we haven't bought success. Our, our net spend, remember the good old net spend, is actually lower than 90% of the Premier League. No, 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 no. no. It's not about that. It's about the fact that you can stockpile players like Calvin Phillips and stop people buying them you can pay these players ridiculous wages. You can afford to just literally write off players like Riyad Mahrez this summer for nothing. So you can get what you need out of them and then just move them on. And and the the money that circulates that club, like where do you think all the facilities come from? Where do you think all the um, all the drugs? Sorry, 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 sorry. Steroids? No, that's drugs as well. Damn it! The injury prevention that they do. Where do you That's think it. the money for that comes from? It doesn't come from the fucking sky, does it? So it's not just about the actual players they sign. It's about the money that's washing around the whole... Was it, they, was it the other day that I think it was Barry Glendening described them as like an alien club? They're not a football club. They're just this entity that's just swallowing up everything. And, it just and seems that, plastic. It just seems yeah, like... Yeah, exactly. It's fake, isn't and ev- it? And everyone's very indifferent. You know, like if a if an English team was to get to the Champions League final, normally, apart from Liverpool and Chelsea... Uh, and Man United. Uh, Man United. <laughs> That's first. That's first. Yeah. So, All our rivals, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, maybe I want English League. Oh, you feel a bit jealous. Yeah. Like, you know, even as much as I hate it, when it was the Liverpool Spurs final, I was, I was jealous that those two teams made it to the final. And whoever won, I was angry that even them won. Man City won, and I felt nothing. I yep. feel angry because, like, if Man United had won it, I would have been angry. Like, I would have been pissed off. But Man City won it, and you kind of just like, oh, okay, I know. that's cool. cute. Yeah, no one, no, no one cares. And the flipping, and I think me, I think Josh might have spoken about this in the group. The absolute bum licking from BT Sports oh, or TNT don't. or whatever the fuck they're called now. Oh, um, about Man City. It TNT, was absolute. Yeah joke like josh like do you remember what they were saying the things that they were saying like, oh this is the club's dream or something like that and you're like uh my favorite, Fletch, wasn't it the my, culmination yeah, of the, the dream yeah. 
And there was the, can we check on Joe Linton, not uh, oh, Julian Lescott's Julian post? Lescott. Because he had more um, games for Wolves than Man City. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> although, to be fair, they did say he was the player liaison officer. Because, so, you know, because there oh, were so that's... many players there. So What was the line Fletcher there. tried out? The, oh, the greatest he tried story to take... in English football history has an end. Yes. Fuck. Yeah, he tried that one. And then he also tried to use the 89 Oh, that was in the um, West Ham game, wasn't it? Is that from oh, yeah, that was from West Ham. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was it. Um, but yeah, there was definitely the one of um, what's his face? Um, what's his name? Got all his attributes in luck, nothing in charisma. Um, Jake Humphreys, that's it. Oh, God. Uh, talking funny. about, I don't think he was even good enough for Blue Peter, Jake no. Humphreys. <laughs> uh, yeah, him just going on about. Uh, yeah, Carl Walker, you've won the uh, you've won the Champions League. How does your mum feel about it? <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, could have gone to any. Oh, you know, isn't it great all the sacrifice your parents made for it? I'm like, yeah, that's it. I'm just gonna just gonna say, oh yeah, my parents worked really hard. You know, she never quit for it. And then Maria was like, oh, go line up. Go on, go on, Je- go, on, Carl. What are you having next? What are you, what's Best your next mates. drink? What's your next drink? And you're like, no, it's just, it's just, oh, it's, they should, they should have asked awful. how Carl Walker's dog felt about it. That would have been an interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I agree with all of you. And and like and and people will say like you know city fans or whatever they're like, oh you, you're just bitter you're just bitter you're damn fucking right i'm bitter because your club is fake as fuck like you're absolute frauds like you really are and and i never thought and you might want to shut your ears carl because this will upset you i know but i never ever thought i'd be defending man united's treble but their treble was a hundred times more of a success story than man city's ever will be and these mm. fucking idiots that come on phone-ins and say pep Guardiola is the best coach of all time fuck off the things that Ferguson did in that era, whether you liked him or you didn't, the things that, that Wenger did, they talk about Pep being this master tactician. What, because he moved a left back into central midfield? It's not fucking rocket science. Like, and the only reason he's got away with it is because he's had the he's had the ability that his he knows his team is so fucking good that he could probably play bloody Edison at right wing and nobody would notice. The only times he's ever been found out because his squad wasn't good enough is when he fucked around in finals and lost it. But in the Premier League, nobody can compete with Man City. He can play Edison at left back against Brentford and probably win. So all he, you know, this idea that he's reinvented football and that all the club, all the other managers are following suit. I, I'm just, I'm just not buying it. Like it's just so false. It's still funny to uh, see that anyone could do a trouble now, isn't it? Like it's not so special, yeah. is it? Yeah, it, it, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and, yeah travel. And I, w- I would say the same about, you know, I would say the same about any other club. And and yeah, if PSG ever win it, which they probably won't ever win it, I'd say the same. Like, it'd be great for French football in terms of just getting their name on the map. But it wouldn't be. It's like when Marseille won it with, with the, f- the corruption that they had. It, it's not a real trophy. It's not. It's the same when Chelsea won it. Did we so feel the real, anything then? The real question is then, which league do we have to go to? to find that the top team isn't corrupt. Not Italy, not Spain, not England. Belgium. Mm. Germany? Mm. No, no, not ju- not Germany. Just have oh. a look at what goes through Bayern's accounts from, uh, yeah, that's from Audi, the, uh, the, 50, the 50 plus one rule with uh, yeah, Bayern's yeah. structure. Mm. Like um, say hi. Yeah, we can't say, um, can't say the USA now, or the MLS, after mm. the Inter Miami deal. That's yeah, like, yeah. Um, that's Barcelona light. Um, Hello, Gary. Um, Phil Neville, if you're watching, unemployed. Yeah. Yeah. No, isn't he? Isn't he 
um, on the USA coaching team, I want to say. He's supposed to be one of the coaches, isn't he? Yeah, I've, I've yeah. heard that being talked oh, about, yeah. God. Wow. It's, Why? it's just... It's just it's just grim, and I'm not. Mike Hurts might have it. Dutch league, Dutch league. There you go. I'm although mm, there's a bit of fiddle going on with PSV and Nyax if you look into it deep enough. But I mean, let's be honest. Like at the top level, we've um, Overmars's text though, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) We've got a sponsor on our sleeve that says "Visit Rwanda for fuck's sake." Like I'm not saying we're whiter than white, but City. If you look at City as a model. You know, even down to this whole, well, we've created jobs in the community. Yeah, for good PR. That's it. You didn't do it for the benefit of Man City. You've done it for good PR. And like this idea that, you know, Pep sits in his press conferences and uh, I'm so, so proud. I'm so, so proud. This club is amazing. So happy. Like, so, so, so happy. So, so happy. He, he's just, he's just so sanctimonious and just full of shit. Look, jokes aside, he's a very good coach. Has he ever really been tested? No, like he just hasn't, has he? Like he hasn't ever had to overcome adversity, and that just everything about them just makes you feel a bit gross. Um, but we could talk about Man City forever. I don't want to. Yes, Let's any do other quick Chris? So yeah, um, Mbappe. Um, <laughs> the, the <laughs> how, quick do, with, um, how quick do you want that to be? No, five minutes. So everyone knows that he's wrote this. Oh, you explain it, Chris, because I'm sure you you got my. Yeah, well, I mean, the easiest thing to do is go and listen to our latest podcast that Jez and I did last night. We explained it in that. But in in short, he signed a new deal at the start of last season, which was a two plus one deal. So it's two years contract with the option of a plus one year if he chooses and the club agree to extend it. Um, So he signed a new contract last summer, which everyone was surprised about because they thought he was going to go. His contract, as it stands right now, expires at the end of this season, which means in theory he could walk away for free. PSG and, and more specifically their owner Nasser El Halafi is got has got far too much of an ego to ever let a player of that value walk away. And to be fair, you wouldn't let a player of that value walk away. Um, and Vape has come out since in the press and said, "I sent them the letter detailing that I wouldn't be, you know, signing the one-year deal, um, which he's perfectly entitled to do." Uh, Jez made the point on our podcast yesterday, was saying that in a way he's actually helping. Uh, his club, he loves PSG, he does. He's actually, if anything, he's giving them the heads up. If you want to sell me, if you want to make money off me, now is the time to do it because I'm not going to sign a new deal. But at the same time, he has said that he wants to stay at PSG for the next season. And he's entitled (laughs) to do that because he signed a new contract. Um, The only interesting thing to me about all this is the timing. I don't think it's a quinky dink that Benzema suddenly decided that Real Madrid was was in his back pocket and he could go to Saudi. Um, I, f- I feel like this one is going to run a bit. Um, but what I will say is when it's all said and done, I would not be surprised at all if he lined up for PSG at the start of the season again. I wouldn't be. Um, but could he be sold in January? Because that's an interesting one. Because if PSG are not competing in the Champions League or they're not showing signs that they've improved... The, the the whole argument was Mbappe laid down the gauntlet to PSG and said, right, I'll sign a new deal, but you need to sort the squad out. We need a proper manager. They brought in Gautier. We need a proper squad. They signed the likes of Carlos Soler. I don't think I need to say any more on that. They, they they haven't been they haven't been they haven't done it. You know, Messi was a failure ultimately. Like, you know, he had his moments, but ultimately he didn't win the Champions League. That's what he's brought in for. Neymar's gonna probably end up going this summer as well, and that's not worked out. 
So how can Messi go from scoring 70 goals a season for Barcelona to barely getting double figures for PSG in a, in a dog and pony league? Because he won the World Cup and he downed tools. Simple as that. He was very good up to the World Cup and now he doesn't give a fuck. And why would he? And this is, this is why it's going to be a huge test for City next season. How do you motivate people that have won it all? Messi had nothing to prove. Will this hasten yeah. the, the departure of Pep now that he's won it? No. Because he's no, well, didn't hasn't he come out and said he wants he's, he said he's got a two year plan or something. But he did that at Bayern, didn't he? You know, I'll be here for, for another year and he stayed for three. Like he he will with Pep it'll be like all about him and he'll go when he wants to go. I think it depends on um what's going on to the World Cup. Mm. He's got the World Cup coming up. You got, well, you got the Euros. If the Euros goes poorly for or uh Cup America. Mm. Is it Cup America? Yeah, it's this summer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Next, those will be next summer. Yeah, all of those ones. There was definitely, I know, in his sabbatical, Brazil was very, very close for mm. him coming out of that sabbatical to go and manage Brazil at the Brazil World Cup. So I could easily see that coming up again. I mean, it it all depends on how much he wants to suckle from the teat of the oil merchants. <laughs> we all like a good suckle. What? At the, at the moment, he's got, he can almost get any player in the world that he wants. So, and mm. he knows that unless a, another team, I think a lot probably rides on when Man United get taken over by their Saudi owners and depending on how much money they put behind the club and the players they get, can they go toe to toe with Man City for players, it's going to take a little while because I think they can talk about the whole summer, aren't they? They can go toe to toe with Man City now. The problem Mm -hmm. is they're just an absolute nightmare behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think look at how long it took City to sort out their back room, and the only reason they managed to sort it out was because they had this long term goal that they dreamt that Pep Guardiola would be their manager. So they basically went and rate, yeah, they went and built basically Barcelona light. Yeah, behind the scenes, yeah, and then went okay, cool. And then Pep, but basically, we've hired half your mates anyway three or four seasons ago. Come on down with them, come in and finish off the projects. And and the thing, just just going back to Mbappe quickly as well. The the other thing with with that that deal is people people say, oh, you know, he likes the drama, he you know, he's being a bit arrogant or whatever. I think I made this point in our WhatsApp group the other day. Thierry Henry did the same, you know, he was an arrogant shit when he was but he was ours and we loved him. Um, you know, Mbappe knows his value. Like he knows, he knows that he can literally sign for any club he wants. He knows he's the best player in the world. Um, and yes, he is better than the Norwegian meat shield. Um, he, he's, he, he has his pick and all he, all he has done is laid down the gauntlet to PSG. He, he, he had no, he didn't need to sign that new deal last summer. He could have just walked away for free. And if, if PSG now want to cash in, it's their problem. They are the ones that ultimately have let down their best player, and they have. And and all he's doing is he knows his worth. That that's that's it. And and if he if he stays, then great. But ultimately, he is going to play for Real Madrid, just like Saliba probably one day will play for Real Madrid because he's that good. That's but it's new, it's, yeah. it's all about go. timing, isn't it? I was just going to say, realistically, who can buy him? So. What's he on? Like, is it is it a million pound a week? He's on all the money. Yeah, it's <laughs> not even a number. <laughs> I don't think it really matters, does it, about his wages though? Because no. he's going to get a lot of money, 
And, and there's image rights more, and all that. It's more for him about where he wants to play. Yeah, sporting. Project. And then they just make the numbers work then to not piss off the squads. And obviously, will, yeah, Nike will he, do something. He wants oh, yeah, to play 100%. for Real Madrid. Like that, that mm. he wants to play for Real Madrid. That's it. That's what he wants to do. But it's all about timing. Like if if Man United get taken over tomorrow, they could afford to buy him. Like they could. Newcastle could afford to buy him, but Mbappe's not going to sign for Newcastle. Is it? Like, let's be it's honest. The same as the Declan Rice situation to bring it back mm. to Arsenal as well. You've seen all the clubs that are going in for him. The guy wants to come to Arsenal, so there's no rush in us to get the deal done. Quite, mm. quite at the moment, we can't even use the Emirates Stadium because the Arctic Monkeys are playing there. <laughs> so we can't do any of the press shots that we want to do with Declan Rice. So it's either that question of what kind of announcement video do you want? I'm sure you... we'll find a nice hotel with a green screen, Josh. Have you see, did you see the, the, the fixtures that they released today with that, that pretty backdrop on the app? It looks very, looks very I... pretty. I didn't see it, no. Uh, maybe they can do it in the same studio that Sinchenko did the uh, thing with Piers Morgan with. Uh, maybe they're oh, there. God. Dan wasn't <laughs> happy about that. Can Dan I just, had, a, had a bit of a rant. Can I, just I, think, I don't think many it, people are happy. Can I very just quickly bring it back to Arsenal? Charles Watts tweeted an hour ago, Rob Holding has accepted a new contract with the club. The, the deal will keep him at the club till 2027. Nice. Good. Didn't see that coming. Did, you, did any of you? I, I think fair play. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, well, I guess that's just. But yeah, that's but just I mean, reiterating and probably actually, going actually, in and telling on, them what his stance Have you had a look at his previous tweets? How many, how many, tweet, how many, how many one is it the real Charles Watts? Watts? I was going to yeah. say, I don't think it's the real Charles Watts. I think that's why people are falling for it. Come on. Yeah, I don't how think many teams Oh, it isn't. Scratch that then. Okay. <laughs> See, it's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy. I was just looking at Man City. Did you know um, that the uh, the Norwegian Meat Shield only scored one goal in his last eight games for them this season, and that Man City yeah, lost one in their last twenty eight games? I think next season yeah. is going to be Unreal. harder because um, I think there's going to be an added weight of expectation for Arsenal. Um, I know we wasn't going to talk about it, but quickly I've seen the fixtures and, you know, there's nothing in those first five or six fixtures that kind of worry me. You've got Man United at home, maybe, but you've got that lot up the road as well. Um, there's nothing that kind of really, really sort of stands out. But I, I do think that in order for us to kind of maintain pace with Man City, we've got to, I think, win quite early because what we don't want is to be chasing them. I mean, I, Again, I'm not, not really going on to the fixtures, but Man City's running looks the easiest of, of all of ours, which is really weird that they've got no, like, um, quote-unquote, top six players in their last how many other games. I can't remember what it is. Um, so, yeah, and if we're fighting on all fronts, I think the fixtures, you know, they're going to come thick and fast. And I think, you know, whenever you play them, it makes a difference whenever you play. You have to play 19 other teams home and away. We have to do that. We're going to do it. And, you know, you have to try and win all your games. There's going to be games that we can't win, sadly. Um, but there we are. I think I think once we get one signing over the line, I think people's <laughs> relief will go down. I think once we do actually sign Declan Rice, whoever it is, I think you'll see a lot of people, you know, start getting hyped and a little belief. I mean, I'm yeah. excited. Those pictures come out today and I got excited. I was like, shit, I can't wait. Like, I cannot wait till um, August and those and those first games. Like I just can't wait to. I can't believe. Dude, I mean, I really, I really would love for me to be on there, but 
the renewals this season, usually you get maybe two or three thousand that either don't renew and the, the, the list moves quite significant. There has not been a lot this season at all. Like I am, I think I said I'm on like three thousand or something along them lines. So this would have been the time I would have got a season ticket, hundred percent. It has not budged. I mean, I don't know if they've updated the list. Um, I haven't checked my number to be honest, but there has been very little movement on the season ticket waiting list completely. And I think there were um, well, what, no Femi was saying, up, are they? no, not while we're good at the moment. You know, um, we're the first season at the Emirates. I had four season tickets. Are you That's how to me. That's how many seats you took up. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell! <laughs> I'm sure that's a hate crime. I'll have to report you to our uh, our head of PR, Dom, if he uh, ever replies to any messages I send him. Maybe. I would say if you're watching Dom, we all know he fucking is, and he's probably off being sexy. <laughs> we, we've got a, we've got a decent start to the season, haven't we? Like I say, we all said before the the pod, we weren't really going to discuss the fixture list because it's a bit dull. But the, fir- the first month, looks, yeah. <laughs> But the first month looks looks fairly generous to us, doesn't it? Like a couple of home ties. I think first four games are in London. You know, Liverpool played Chelsea on the first day of this game of the season. So one of those two managers will be in crisis after one game, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, Man United at home to Wolves on Monday night. That's got Wolves 3-0 written all over it. So, you know. How about I mean, this it's... from Mike Hurts? He said he saw a tweet which means nothing nowadays, mm-hmm. that said, confidentially, all of our games after Champions League games are home games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah they are. But then at the same yeah, time, they're... it aren't the last three Champions League games. I think we've got Man City, Man United and Liverpool straight after them. The yeah. last three, I, know, so. I, do, I also want to say, Yikes. if we're saying that those are really interesting things at this time of the year, then we've all really got to go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Because I have looked. see it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, when it was like, oh look how interesting the fixture list is. I'm like, no. But Touch the one grass. thing I did take away from it is that we can win the league at Old Trafford again. Oh, and that we can win, win it at White Hart Lane as well. They're both yeah. uh, a few. I games. mean, I I'd settle for winning the league last year when the 115 charges have come to pass. To be fair, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to take an asterisk. I'm I'm all right with that. I'm, I'm Chris, fine. With I that. think it would just be an absolute honour. If we were the first team to win a uh, to win a trophy at White Hart Lane after they've rebuilt it, I no, uh, yes. love it. Would I would absolutely love it. Um, that would be yeah. so. We were the last team to win a trophy there, and then be the first team to win a trophy at the new. Yeah, White that would Hart be Lane. quite funny. That would be quite funny. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to draw a line under this podcast as well by just just uh, sort of giving a, a, a quite a good news story. I I don't follow women's football. I will openly hold my hands up on that. It's just a personal it's, choice. Uh, it's it's, not... a, it's a worrying trend when most of the people I know who follow women's football are men. Why? Well, it's like monkey tennis. It's yeah, interesting for about five minutes, and then they they wouldn't even be able to compete against conference side teams. So go and support a conference team like Barnet instead. Well, yeah, I mean, don't do that. It gets it gets out of hand, and then you end up with two top six Premier League sides that you end up supporting. (laughs) There is that. (laughs) If if you like women's football, go for gold. Like I'm all about, you know, equality all the way. Go for it. Enjoy what you enjoy. One story I did think was quite wholesome, though. um, Adidas have announced that they are going to be giving the women a bespoke away kit this season, and we are apparently the first team in in world football. To have the females, uh, female I thought team you could have buy a females kit. kit anyway. No, not sure. not a bes- design. Not a bes- but not as in the cut, as in a specific design. 
Shout so the Arsenal men's will wear the, the deliciously gorgeous neon away strip we're releasing next season, which I love. The men will wear that. The, the women are going to wear like a, I, think I think it's the a pink slightly different thing is the Invincibles. Um, uh, that's a different thing as well, isn't it? Because the women have also gone Invincible, but it was a different mm-hmm. record. So rather yeah. than having the men's Invincible record going down the... Um, they won five trophies that season, I think. They yeah. did. They're getting their record down the side good. instead. That's good. Quite yeah. right. Have but you seen that the away kit is actually bespoke? It's an actual their own design, so it's not it's not the kit the man will wear. It's a, it's completely. I think it's pink and sky blue. I think I read. Uh, there's so. that controversy going around at the moment on Twitter. Could be fake, Chris. You might know. The current home kit has got all the WWDs um, are meant to be 38 of them. People mm-hmm. have been counting them. Some people have got 32 on their kits. People, people, like, people, people. Is that because yeah, they're small? I know it's small. dark <laughs> now, but that big thing in the sky, it's beautiful. Get out in it, for Christ's sake. Oh, it's just a random of, number, depending on how big the, shirt, the kit is. One of your like, mates is not going up and counting your Ws. <laughs> exactly. I've got some beautiful kits. They're, they're, they're in here. They don't and what's the brilliant the answer for that? Because I've seen it and people are, Paul Dawes, who knows his stuff when it comes to kits, he retweeted it and then I saw it. Is it just simply down to if you get a small kit, you're going to get 28, if you get the extra kit, you're going to get all. It's just material. It's absolute poppy. It's not a conspiracy then. I don't need to get it. Maybe they should say where you cut off. If you're a small, you got Portsmouth home. You you got got the Van Nistelrooy at Old Trafford. That's all you get. That's all you get. It's almost up there. It's almost up there. I forgive me. I don't know the guy who tweeted this. God bless him. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. But there was a guy's tweet who went viral the other day, and he's like, "Remember when Arteta came in and he said he wanted the players to settle down and marry early? Look at all the players that are getting married. He's clearly got his message across." And I was just like, "For fuck's sake! Like, do you really think he went into the changing room? Right, you married, you kid, you married. <laughs> fuck off." They just love each other. That's it. They just got married or they just had kids. Nothing to do with Arteta. I've got, I've oh got a my point God. here. Because Nicole um, Mikel is alive because, and well. Because Josh stated that I only had four season tickets. I'd take up so many seats. Fatism. Jimmy has now put on Danny's kit. He would have 132. <laughs> <laughs> four, 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 four years. Confirmed. <laughs> Absolutely outrageous. Absolutely unbelievable. Good God. Um, Have we got any really quick questions? And I mean quick because we're already 10 minutes over what we should have been. Um, Do you want to ask them, Carl? No, you can do it, Danny. Okay. (laughs) Jimmy was there 24 hours early. First question with, I don't know who started it. I think it probably was Josh because he's organised. Uh, it was Jimmy me, says, actually, it's fucking cheeky. Oh, there you go. With us clearly <laughs> going very heavy on I fully power. witnessed that white privilege and I said nothing about it to step in. I just took it. <laughs> it's in this in the summer, Josh, it's red privilege because you and me are both red. Sorry. We're not fucking white anymore. I mean, although you keep fanning yourself like a lady who's going through the menopause, I'm getting a bit worried. You it's haven't had a snip wa- change. You're not a le- have you changed all your pronouns and we now have to refer to you as her, him, it's, they? It's it. very warm in my flat. <laughs> That's all I can that's, say. That's, that, do what Chris does. Fuck it. He lives on the M4. Just have the window open. All the vehicles driving past. <laughs> it's not quite the M4, but it does feel like it. He lives like in a bridge under the M4. I don't know why I picked M4. I don't even know if that's anywhere near you. Get on with it. Fair enough. I've got the fan on. 
Uh, Jimmy says, with us clearly going very heavy on current Premier League players to bring in, is this a good idea or should we look at other leagues as clearly we are, as a club are bigger draw now over, now to overseas players, Josh? Make that. What you, uh, you highlighted it. You pay the price. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and you've unhighlighted it. So now I can't even read what it said to try and remember oh, what the question was. Fuck's sake, Danny. Are we now? Uh, are we should gone? we start getting players from overseas? Um, is that what it is? Get more nice. overseas players rather than Premier League ready ones. Um, I hate to be a bit flippant. Actually, I don't hate, um, but I might. I think we should just get the best players for the jobs. Um, obviously, what does end up happening with the Premier League at the moment is we keep hoovering up all of the talent from around the world. So chances are the player you thought, mm, I might want, a year goes by and they're probably playing in the Premier League anyway. Um, it's There's not many players, I would say, out and about that you'll go, they're an unknown quantity. If, say, you know, we're going for a player who plays for you know, top four side in the Liga, not for the top two, but you know, the other ones, chances are we might get even blown out of the water by, say, Aston Villa because we'll want that player for a squad role, whereas they'll want him for first team. They'll pay him 200 grand a week, whereas we are offering 150 maybe. And he'll go, yeah, I actually prefer to do that because I'll get more money, a couple of years. I might then get the move to Arsenal. Um, and I don't think we're really in the position to be sweeping up players and taking chances. You know, there's plenty of clubs out there now. If we're quite happy to go to... Uh, teams like Brighton, like Brentford as well, whose sole purpose is to take those risks for you and then pay them for taking those risks. I think that's certainly a way to go about it. Um, and we've seen success through that model as well. don't think we would have got Trossard straight out of, what was he, Ghent. Um, ben White, again, I had to wait for him to get a few minutes in there. I think we haven't got that lone army anymore and I don't think we'll restore it with the new rules that are coming in of how many players you can actually have out on loan um, but that might change once we finally clear out a lot of that de uh, dead wood that we've got still out on loan Have yeah. you finished? Uh, yes thank you good, good answer so there you go that's the answer to it. I was just looking for a, um, a tweet someone I need to mention at the end of the show um, one for you uh, Carl from Jimmy again what will come first Eddie scoring a Premier League goal or Tottenham manager getting the sack <laughs> <laughs> well uh, it would be fun either or um, I think something we need to talk about it was Eddie but we'll probably talk about him on the next podcast but um, I would love um this Pestis, was it Pestisoglu? However, you pronounce it. Uh, I think they call him. I think they call him uh, Tezo Lozano. Um, <laughs> I think that's what he's called. I've no idea what you're talking about, and I'm here. It's, it's um, Ted Lasso reference. It's just you're Australian Ted Lasso. Toledo, the uh, one no. who married um, no, Karen no, Brady. No, no, no. 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 Uh, um, it's it's going to be funny him coming in because. The Scottish League is nothing. Scottish League is akin to League Two. 
Or maybe, maybe, yeah. I'm sorry, the Scottish League is an absolute... The Pirates could go to the Scottish League and get into Europe. And they don't even exist anymore. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I... The easy way to look at that, Carl, is go and have a look at the number of players who leave Aberdeen and the teams like that, and they go and play in League Two. Most of them. That's where they go. I... I, I'm, he may be a good manager, and right, so but if people expecting the same success that he had in Scotland, he's going to realise he's got a rude awakening coming up because the Scottish League is absolute flipping pony, and the same shit that he done in the Scottish League, he can't do down here, which is going to be fun to watch. Though I'll tell you that. And he's going to did make well old... in the Japanese league, though. Did well, well that doesn't mean anything. Just ask Wenger, and uh, just he's going to make. Who was that bloke? Um... The one who was Wolves manager who went there. Nuno. Nuno is he, a bit of something. He, he's going to make Nuno look like Nuno stuck around too long. <laughs> right. Uh, question for Chris from uh, Hantumi. Uh, what's your thoughts on Dango Uatra? Made up name. Come on. <laughs> How was he like in France? Will he fit our system? Doesn't exist, but go with it. Yeah. Um, Lorient legend. It's the shirt up there. Um, no, he's he's a very very talented young player. He, um, I know a few Arsenal fans sort of ch- chiped up a bit or chimed up about him when he signed for Bournemouth. Um, I I openly admit I was slightly wrong in that I didn't think he was Premier League ready. To be fair, he's still very raw. I mean, he um, he's a little bit uh, runs down a few blind alleys here and there, but he's very talented. Very very talented. He came into the Lorient system um, back end of. Last summer had a really good season. Then obviously went to to uh, to Bournemouth. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he probably will step up another level probably the next season. But uh, I don't think it will be like a top four or five club. I think he, he might end up at like a, trying to think of like a mid table. Palace is a bit harsh. Everton, you always think they're better than they are. I like Villa. a Villa, someone like that. Say again. Like a Villa. Yeah, some, someone, someone like a Villa, that that kind of end. But to be honest, I think he, I think he's he's ideal at Bournemouth at the moment. He's still got a lot of work to do. He's still got to grow into his body, to use that old expression. But yeah, technically he's very, very good. He's very quick, dynamic. Um, but in terms of like, yeah, he, he was he was never like Arsenal levels for me. Like he's he's still a bit of a raw gem. And, uh, but yeah, he's he's very, very talented player. And Lorient do have a habit of producing young, talented players, as we know. So uh, Enzo Lefay is the next one to keep an eye on because he's going to leave this summer and it breaks my little glory on heart. But he's going to he's going to do very good things. So they do produce some good players there. <clears throat> no word of a lie. I honestly the other day looked up to see what Malcolm was up to. I did. Oh, the Brazilian wonder still kid. In Russia. Is he still, still in Russia? Russia? Still yeah. Uh, yeah. Question for Josh. Um, oh, I've already done that one. So we've only got two more to go. Uh, ah, here we go. You'll get an hour out of this. From and lots of numbers. Serious question. How long should Arsenal give Edu Arteta to genuinely achieve a significant trophy at the club in the current climate? And I'd add to that, or will they be happy to do what Wenger did and keep Champions League forever? Uh, how long should Arsenal give Edu Arteta? I guess the question is, where do you think the fault is if we don't achieve a significant trophy? And at the moment, we seem to be supplying Arteta with the players he wants. And if that 
supply chain continues working, then I think Arteta three seasons maybe. But also, what's a significant trophy? Carabao Cup might have to be down as a significant trophy if uh, City keep hoovering everything up. Um, but yeah, I think there's definitely opportunities in FA Cup. Um, I think there's still an opportunity in the league, but it's just going to be a hell of a slog to achieve it. I think a lot of it is being prepared to the point of when Pep leaves City or the 115 charges come home to roost. It's one of the two. Um, will they, though? Can Will that ever happen? That's the question. I no. guess now that... Well, I guess it might have to require a slight change of government and what their policy is with um, striking we'll deals have with Qataris or um, the Saudis. Um because we know they certainly have an influence, um, not only in the UK, um, but cross on other sides of the um, other parts of Europe that big state funded clubs have managed to push away sports authorities from digging a little bit deeper by mentioning something about we'll do X, Y and Z for your country if you don't look too deep into us. Um, I think. I can say just about that without getting too liable. Um, <laughs> if we can't, Danny, uh, how much have we got in the kitty? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, about minus 800 quid, unfortunately. Oh, cool. So they've got to pay us 800 pounds and then we can give it Although, back to them. our sugar daddy, him, did send us a tenner the other day. So thanks for that, Phil. <laughs> We're going to need a lot more. <laughs> We're going to need a lot more. Um, or maybe I just have to make a public apology. Who knows? Um, but anyway, yeah, um, I think it's the three seasons, generally. Uh, unless we start seeing some dodgy recruitment going on, then Edu comes out a little bit earlier. But I don't see anything so um, anything but scary, despite what Twitter says about the work that Edu is doing with the transfers. <clears throat> okay, uh, da, da, da. this one is... Uh, um, I'll give this one to Chris... I mean, one more question asked this for Carl. So someone come up with a good one. Chris from Jimmy, with the current contracts being renew, re, renewed, 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 the <laughs> club spending, yes, the club spending money, what looks like for fun, has the club finally woken back up again and acting like a top European club of after years of sleeping? Yes, I guess you'd argue they have. But I also think that and this, this word's got me in a lot of trouble recently because apparently it's contradicting yourself if you say you can't compete but then also want your club to compete on other levels. But anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, if, if you are a Champions League club, you have to spend big money. I think, like we said earlier on about the valuation of Rice, if you want the players at the top level who are winning trophies, as West Ham have done, you have to pay the big price. And... But then you also have to counteract that by saying we also picked up Jorginho and Trossard for nominal fees. Um, you know, we also bought Saliba for, at the time, what would be a bargain compared to what he's worth now. We also brought through Saka, Smith-Rowe, etc. Erdegaard was like 10 quid in a packet of pork scratchings. I mean, it's all about it's all about spending the big bucks on the players that make a massive difference. Um, but yeah, we, we, we are... We are mixing it with the big boys now. And I think if we if we're gonna compete on whatever level, even if it's FA Cup, whatever, we have to we have to keep spending the big bucks. And as Carl said, and as John said many times, 
it's not my money. Um, it's not even Arsenal's money, it's, it's the Cronkies' money. So, you know, if the, the people that criticise the Cronkies, um, you know, have a little look. Have a little look at what they have actually put up. Yeah, I'm not saying they're flawless. I'm sure they've got their faults, but they've backed this manager big time and they've backed Edu and they've backed Mikel. So I, I think all we're doing now is just keeping up with our with our neighbours, whereas even three years ago, we were just trying to sort of, we were trying to compete with the mid-table. Now we're competing with the top four, which is what we need to be doing. So, yeah, time's changed. Know where the, do you know we're the only one of Cronkey's franchises that haven't won their respective leagues in yet. the last, uh, yet, yeah. in the last like, five years? So they've done really... They have. Is it the Nuggets they own that they've just won the NBA? Yeah, they've done really... The franchise has been really well lately. Yeah. Can I come off mute and just mention the Colorado Rapids have got nowhere close to the MLS? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no one really cares true. about the Rapids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just wanted to be right, you know. The Rams as well. I mean, it's like, you know... They're, they're not stupid, are they? They're businessmen. I mean, they're not dumb. They're not. They're not monopoly bowling. I mean, they are a little bit stupid. That, what, that um, massive stadium they've built isn't um, the right capacity no, there was. for the uh, World Cup to be used yeah, for the they, World they Cup. Yeah, they've got to make some improvements on there or something, yeah. yeah. But I mean, ultimately, like, like, you know, compared to where we could have been, look what we could have been if we'd have gone to Osmanov. Look at the shit show at Everton now. Okay. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, so, lesser of two evils. As I say, I'm not saying the owners are, it's not like they, they eat in the fish and chip shop in Islington and say good morning, oh, governor, to all the cleaners every day, so but... Hungry. They are. They have backed the manager, um, and ultimately, without the funding of the players that we got, and indeed, let's not forget contracts cost money. So you know, all, and all the coaching staff they improve upon, and the sports therapists, and all, it all costs money. So we we've got some of the best facilities around, some of the best players now. It all has to come from money. So you know, we're we're a long way from standing on top of the ticket office and uh, lighting flares and shouting get out of our club which wasn't that long ago let's not forget so what color scarf would we go for you know because green and gold is what you do green gold's out yeah uh, oh when uh, it turns to norwich yeah white and navy just for banter i think our first ever kit was it was white um, white with blue shorts possibly did you what what number did you have on the back danny when you got it hey what number did you have on the back when you got it i had uh, 69 obviously dirty boy (laughs) Stone. Yeah. They didn't Again. have numbers back then, Carl. No, we had Roman numerals. I right. I said I want a decent question at the end for Carl. Phil Macker says, is Carl watching porn? He seems distracted. That's getting in the bin. That's offensive. I put, should we shoot more? Uh, that's that's Fair. pointless. But then with Pat Brady... Nice for him to put down his egg and, and join in the show. Uh, it says, are we winning the title or away at tottering, tottering, away or to Man United or at home to Everton on the final day of the next season? Tell you what, all of those would be absolutely brilliant. But <laughs> to win it, to win it at Tottenham, oh God, I would absolutely love it. In the words of Kevin Keegan, I would love it if you beat him. I absolutely would because there's nothing they could do to outbanter us. Like, imagine the first person to win a trophy in your ground uh, is Arsenal. And then to top it off, Harry Kane walks away for free like a couple games later because he's not signing any contracts, which is absolutely hilarious. So, um, 
Yeah, do you I think would. At the, do you think at the end, when he does leave, finally leave Tottenham, he'll um, give everybody a little trophy, like just to the England squad for a break? If anyone seen that? Do you know what? I just why I don't I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't, don't want to go it. on about this. I know. I just don't understand why we flipping they lord him so much. Like the man, I don't get it. Like he's a like, lanky look at the Alan people, Shearer. That's all he is. But look at the people he scored against: San Marino, yeah, Lichtenstein. Like what the f- like? Come on. Aaron Ramsdale looked visibly confused when he was given a trophy for helping Harry Kane get a golden boot. <laughs> it was oh, it is beautiful. Um, Chris, you'll have to see that picture because I'm sure you're not aware of it, of Harry no. Kane buying everybody who has played with him for the England team a broken golden record, <laughs> which then says to X person that he's given it to, thank you so much for helping me get all my goals for England. It's been and really the great. Thank you. the goals and yeah, you and see Marino, yeah. Lichtenstein. And it's uh, all the goals that he that you've been involved in. So like if you're and what makes it even better is there's players who have made their debut or not are making their debut there who just don't have one and are in the pictures going, all right. Why? <laughs> what am I here for? <laughs> Jack Jack Grealish has gone, I came off the sesh for this. He's <laughs> <laughs> got that like meme of John Travolta in Pulp Fiction just walking around going Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody who's won a trophy is just looking at it going, What? Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at Ramsdale's face, Danny, if you can zoom in on that. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at the floor. He's blatantly thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> That's absolutely priceless. <laughs> They're yeah, all Jack laughing. Reeves. Jack Reeves looks hungover to fuck. Yeah. Oh, God. Where's Saka? <laughs> oh, he's, he's kind of still... Saka's with Saka smiles regardless, doesn't he? Bless him. Yeah. Kieran Trippier in the front row, of course. Everyone who's been given a proper trophy is like, I don't know what this Harry is. Harry Maguire's just delighted to be there. <laughs> and they've all got individual pictures of them of them and moments. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Imagine, nice. Could you imagine oh, like, hanging, <laughs> taking that back home and hanging yeah. it up? What the fuck it, is it this? Would, it would be act, attic fodder, wouldn't it? Like Your grand, grandkids <laughs> yes. would get out and go, what's this, Dagger? We just like Craig Bellamy's League Cup winners medal he got with uh, Celtic. Doesn't know where the fuck it is and doesn't care. Gone. Just go it's to like, it's uh, like any medal come, Mourinho won yeah. for second place in a final, just in the crowd, gone. Like, yeah. Come, yeah. Uh, come Remembrance Sunday, you'll see those go up for auction. Every single club will have it. <laughs> <laughs> <one. laughs> you got, got anything? It's fundraiser. And they're like, oh yeah, I got this. It's just like, oh my god! You, you, oh. you just wouldn't want anyone to see it, would you? It's just totally cringe. It's like when your yeah, mum buys you a present for Christmas that you just like, yeah, I'll wear that, and then you only ever wear it once when you see her, and that's it. It's gone. But who would walk, put that up in their house, and every day you walk past it, think, oh yeah, like Harry Kane gave me that because he's got to go against Liechtenstein. Like it'll go in the downstairs loo, wouldn't it? Well, didn't Brendan like... Rodgers have a painting of himself on yeah. the wall? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in the Liverpool documentary, yeah, yeah. Weird, very weird. <laughs> anyway, Chris, you said you're on two hours and look yeah, where we look are. Yeah, what's happened. Like, I was ready to go at an hour and 30 and then... Blame Danny. Sorry, happened. Chris. I did have to show you that picture of Harry. No, Daniel. that is... I think uh, it, uh, it was down. worth it. It was <laughs> worth it for that, yeah. And speaking of Aaron Ramsdale, I did I did, I did chuckle at his tweet when he took a picture of uh, Declan Rice and went, the lad's here. 
and put it on his Instagram. That did chuckle. Did make me chuckle. He knows what he's doing. Um, right. Yeah, we're out of here. So we are going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you to all the people that have tuned in live. And obviously, any of you lot that are listening in delay, we Ooh, appreciate you very, go, Chris. very much. Yes, Danny. John Hollins passed away yes. yesterday. And Gordon McQueen passed away today. Oh, that's um, sad. Yeah. sad. I mean, he's, Gordon McQueen was 70. John Hollins was 76. Sad times. Um, yeah. Come to ask when no he was age. 33. Finished. He stayed there till he was 37. But yeah, sad day when uh, someone who I remember playing passes away. Go on, carry on. Mm. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, well said. Well said indeed. Um, and yes, like I say, we will we will be back over the summer. We will be doing these shows um, throughout the summer. Um, there won't really be a schedule because we are, you know, we're on our summer vacays, as the kids say. Uh, I'll never say that again, I promise. But um, Do yeah, they we say are. That well, oh, I'm trying to be relevant, Carl, you know. Um, but uh, I failed. What can I say? But yeah, we'll, we'll be around throughout the summer. We will do quote-unquote emergency pods, like I say, if, if a, a signing happens. Uh, we'll probably try and get a pod out that evening of the day that the signing happens, if it happens. So keep an eye out for those. You guys, you We're know not signing anyone. So the first pod <laughs> Nobody's will be coming. the first game of the season. When when Rob Holding signs the, the, the uh, non-existent <laughs> new contract, we'll do a pod for that. But uh, yeah, we you know where to find us on social, so just keep an eye out. If we're going live, you'll see it. Um, Carl does a fantastic job on the Twitter, so have a look at that. Brilliant job. Um, we will be doing some bits and bobs and say specials throughout the summer as well, trying to get a few guests here and there lined up. So basically, there'll be no schedule when we're when we're live. We're live. When we're not, we're not. That's how it's going to be. And then looking ahead to next season, um, I sent this to Danny about three weeks ago and he hasn't bothered to listen to it, which you'll hear later on. But the good news is ABW of old will probably be back next season. Jace is coming back. Not quite that, no. But um, I love you, Jace, but I don't think it'll work. Jeff Arsenal is going to turn up next season. That's definitely not happening. But we are going to revert, yeah, hopefully, back to Thursday pods. Do you remember those days? Because Easy we're no, to remember. We're no Thursday, longer in the Europa Vars Florists Cup, or whatever the fuck it's called. We're back in the big time, at least until we bounce out of the hands of Bayern Munich in January. So, um, semi-finals. Yeah. You've heard it. Here. Of little faith, we'll be going back to uh, Thursday pods, hopefully from here on in so uh that's how it'll be we'll still have the live shows and the bits and bobs that you won't have to listen to me in because i don't do those anymore because i'm too lazy but um yeah we will return to normal scheduling your normal programs will resume after the summer so uh there we go uh but yeah next season we could possibly lose to man city eight times in one season oh yes as well haven't we as well that'll be fun so uh, we get we get a trophy for that made out of dog turds <laughs> or, or like if they win that, will they will they do another open open top bus oh, break yeah. and Jack Grealish can get hammered again for the charity show? Yeah, be lovely, fucking fake club. Anyway, um, yes, thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. If you are watching on the live stream, um, please feel free to give us a, a thumbs up on the YouTube video and subscribe, like, do all that thing, flick the bell end and all that stuff. Uh, it does it does help us ratings, reviews, and all that as well. And if you have come across us for the first time tonight. I'm sorry. sorry. All right. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't help what I've got to work with here. Uh, it is what it is. So apologies. But if you're looking for highbrow Arsenal content, this is probably not the place to come. But if you're looking for a, a natter with a, a bunch of old blokes, here we are. But uh, Danny, thank you. You kind of sort of have to be here. So thank you. Thank you very much. 
And uh, Josh, you definitely don't have to be here, but you can now go and fan yourself until your heart's content. It's definitely not the fanning what I need right now. But I'm yeah, I'm going to let go swiftly on. Yeah, let's move quickly to Carl, very, very quickly. Uh, Carl, if you can get that image of what Josh was referring to out of your head, thank you for your time as well. Josh, just make sure you've got the tissues and the hand cream. Oh, my goodness. Lord. <laughs> got some baby wipes here if you need them um they're ready to go uh there's no reason why they're next to the computer by the way anyway this has been <laughs> Birdcamp wonderland and arsenal podcast thank you very much for joining us uh keep it arsenal and we'll be back very soon good night are you a Noah decent tyler carl say it hashtag fuck ellis where is he actually the prick <laughs> as soon as i scored that goal i was fucking livid get down dog Splendid business. He nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see him at him. So when you see him in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately, and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>